Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Without our hot podcast. We cannot truly be Penguin, can we? She, right, great, perfect. Thank you for that. <laughs> you got to find your heart podcast. Sure, okay. That's the only way you're your going to make cast. connections in this world. The I heart way. podcast. I don't know. I was going to. I heart radio. Matter. Is that I mean, radio? Your competitor, I guess. I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was struggling to find a quote because uh, most of the best quotes in this movie are tap to tap, tap, tap. You know, this movie is, uh, I'm seeing written by Tom Stoppard. No. <laughs> More like written by four people. Yeah. I did. On this one. And this uh, is another George Miller where he is like, I spent 20 years writing this film. Okay, George. He claims he was making the second Mad Max and a guy at a bar was like, I saw that Mad Max movie. You got to go to Antarctica. Yeah, he right. was like, he that's was like, like right. winter wasteland. Talk about, yeah. He like, truly claims that's the, the genesis of the movie that he spent 20 years in. First he was winter like, right, penguins. <laughs> and then after a while he was like, these penguins, they're overfishing. We got to talk about it. Right? Like... Initially, he just had penguins, and then... We'll get into okay, all this, all right, but he into... says that he didn't add the environmental elements okay. until they had started animating. But that was not part of the original... There was that So late. the original thing was just dancing? I don't know what this okay. movie was. Okay, you can, you can talk, you can talk. Thank you so much please, for giving me space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this script had to be a first draft. Like, it is a mess. There's That's four what you think. credited writers. <laughs> That's what you think, but I truly believe he spent 20 years... <laughs> I don't know how much of that was ideation. I don't know how much of that was writing. Animation takes so long, and it was four years in production. I don't know. This is this weird thing. Like, the Mad Max movies are like, this is insane. I don't know how one person thinks of this, but somehow it all feels like it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And this is the opposite, where you're just like, how do you end up with these ideas? How do these ideas end up in the same box? Well, if it's four writers, I feel like each one wrote a different screenplay, and then they mash them up. They together are, it's into ampersands. They're credited as a unit, or is ampersand the opposite? No, ampersand is yeah. your together. Right. So it's Miller. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. And yes. written out is so it's Miller. Uh huh. John Colley, of course, the writer of Master and Commander, of the co-writer of that. Of course. Judy Morris, who worked on Babe Pig in the City. Okay. And some guy called Warren Coleman, whose only other writing credit is some sort of Australian TV show called Drop Dead Weird. Wow. Hmm. Well. It Dream sound, team. It sounds dropped dead weird. Uh, I just want to say that most of the uh, th- this is maybe the longest IMDb quotes page I've ever seen for a movie. I was saying this right before you uh-huh. start recording Tappity because tappity. most of the quotes are people transcribing <laughs> the entire song. Oh, we like song like like songs like that we know like Kiss by Prince. They well, just but transcribe with all it, their weird like their little overlapping asides, asides right. and, and uh, buttons from other songs. <laughs> Let's talk about eggs, baby. <laughs> what we got to talk about eggs? I think we just got to go straight into talking about eggs, baby. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they tap dance baby. And this is a mini-series on the films of George Miller. Yes. It is called Mad Pod Fury Cast. Of course. And today we're talking about Happy Feet, which is a fascinating artifact because it is a movie that feels like it should be a bounce, that this is a blank check he should not have been given 
Yeah, it should be like, what, you decide to out of nowhere make a cartoon which you've never made before, and it's about penguins. You like can't it feels like describe this movie to anyone in a way that doesn't sound like a dream you had. It, it, it where sounds you're trying like to half an idea logic. for a twenty-page kids book. I know this sounds crazy. You know what I mean? They're, they're the same things, but the, the, some of the penguins sing and some of them dance. But the dancing is like kind of like. Uh, and it's Australian. There's, all, there's like this whole dogma aspect right. of it. And it's then there's definitely this about religion. But then, right, it's also going to be about overfishing once we dispense with the religion. Yes. Right. I think there's also a queer rating of this movie in that it's I about that. the father well, disowning yeah. him for it's loving like, the wrong way. It's the outcast thing. Sure, classic but, but, animated right. film problem, right? You know, you're different, be right. different, but you should be yourself. But watching the scenes and the, the but it way... But it has that sort of Billy Elliot thing where the, the dad's dad like, thing. I can't reconcile mm-hmm. the way you're intimate, right. you know, you're, you express your intimate this feelings. This isn't how we do this. This right. isn't what a relationship is like. <sighs> which it's, is... Mm. This, this fucking insane movie, which ends up being his biggest hit ever... Until, until Mad Max. No, Fury this grossed more than Fury Road, unquestionably. This thing was really? so fucking. It was a big deal. People forget how huge this was at the time of its release. It was one of the ten highest grossing films that Warner Brothers had ever released. What? And that list was like it did make two hundred million dollars domestically. In two thousand six, and you know one of the top grossing Penguin movies. The number one, I think. It does it have any competition. March of the Penguins. Uh, I mean, the, so the, they, the, the, surf's, the, the surf was coming, right? The surf right. was next year. Okay. The yeah. march had just happened. Uh-huh. They had Which marched. really they helped did them. march. It did. I what, mean, that's what the, an alley it was such this a movie penguin. got for March of the Penguins. Oh, it was yeah. such a time for penguins. But that's what's crazy is you look at this film and you go, how did they know mm. that they were going to make it out into theaters at peak penguin. It's just like whenever they make two volcanoes, it's just, it's in the air. Everyone's kind of sure. wants to talk about penguin. They just got so fucking lucky. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about this crazy movie, but it is the thing that arguably finally gives him the freedom to make Fury Road the way right. he wants. Uh, and he wins an Oscar. It's his one Academy Award win, correct? Yes. Everything about this movie is crazy. Like he has one Oscar. You're like, George Miller has an Oscar. And you're like, oh yeah, did he won director for Mad Max Fury Road? Right. The big, the, the Oscars love that one. No, 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 no. no Best no, no. animated feature. Animated feature for Happy Feet. Right. right. Wait, it won? It won. Best animated feature film of the year. Was there not a Pixar movie it that was year? Cars. That's the thing. Oh. It was Cars. It was the first bad Pixar. Not uh-huh. the first, but, you know, because they, well, they. I mean, I love Monsters, Inc., but they had snubbed Monsters, Inc. that year. You know, I, Pixar I, missed a couple I'm not saying times. it was the first year the Pixar lost. I'm saying it's the first bad Pixar. Sure. It is the first Pixar that is not. The three nominees. Can you tell me the three nominees? Uh, well, I mean, Cars, Happy Cars. Feet, 2006. Yeah. Another I, a movie I, I kind of liked. Pretty good animated movie. It's a pretty good yeah. animated yeah. movie. Oh, it was a Monster House. Yeah, yeah. Which could have won. Yeah. Like that was that was pretty charming. Yeah. But I think Happy Feet had the, you know, big name director. It had made a lot of money. Had penguins. Everyone can agree on them. And critics weirdly loved it. Like it was. They liked it. It was a movie where, like, I think people critics were like, "This is weirdly something we're getting behind." Sure. Seventy-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's, not, it's solid. They liked it. I know, you know, it wasn't like a favorite of the year, but they liked it. Critics were into it, especially in relation to Cars, which felt like well, no, no one pun intended. Cars. Well, I mean, for the record, Cars Two makes Cars Three look like Cars One. We're talking about Cars One. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. You're just saying that because you just like let's it's say, the I'm, best of the three. And there was this feeling, I think, that it was like, oh, Lassiter's overdue for an Oscar for being such a good man. <laughs> for being one of our great American men and he won the Golden Globe and it kind of felt like are they just going to give him the award 
even though Cars is like so mezzo mezzo because he is the last major Pixar director to not win an Oscar. And then I think it was kind of a, like there was this groundswell of like, let's not fucking give it to Cars. Let's give it to Happy Feet. Let's not default to Lasseter needing to win an Oscar. Sure. Yeah. And, and history good. smiles upon that decision. Sure. It's not as bad as Good Dinosaur, though. No. Have you seen that? Yes. What I, a mess. It's yes. not a good movie. Yes. All and, right. Introduce our guest. And it's and the best of the three cars. Let's start. Our guest today from the Bechtel cast and the Sludge podcast, Caitlin Durante. Hello. Is on hey, Caitlin. The show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Now, originally, because we had your co-host, Jamie Loftus, on yes. for Dark Shadows. Of course. Uh-huh. And originally, were we were trying to have both of you on for the same episode. Yeah. And it was a thing where you were both in town for a New York podcast show. But only for like four hours. There was only four hours there was of like overlap. There was a conflict that I had. Right. It was yeah. one of you was there before the show and one of you was there after the show. Yeah. And there was no time to do both of you at the same time. Yeah. Do you feel like you got off easy skipping Dark Shadows or do you feel like that would have been an easier task than talking I about Happy Feet? I want, want to be nowhere else in the world other than right now Perfect. here talking about Happy Feet. Perfect. Answer. They're tapping. Gotta talk about those feet. <laughs> they ain't sad. Penguins. See, my brother, when he, you know how when you're a kid, sometimes you'll just sort of go all in on one thing? Like sure. I liked trains, as you know, when I was yeah. a little kid. My brother, when he was five, was like, penguins, baby. Like really? for two years, he was like, I love penguins. <laughs> I know about all the kinds of penguins. I have like eight penguin toys. You know, like he was, was like, he, was he getting like zoo books? Yeah, you know, like I can, it was partly the Central Park Zoo has the really nice penguin, you know, area, right? Sure. So we would mm-hmm. go there probably. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, also that thing with kids where it like kind of steamrolls where it's like the relatives here like, oh, he likes penguins. Right. So let's, let's just send some penguin shit his way. Uh, was he reading a lot of uh, Puffin classics? I guess that's not really. That's a different. That's. I know I just corrected myself <laughs> producer Rachel keeping me in check but, once again so like I feel like I just had you know I knew about all the penguins I got a before huge I saw question. this movie yeah sure and Did he liked March of the Penguins I think congrats that's sort of at the tail end that's sure. the end. Uh, yeah he would have been in high school by that yeah. point right well not high school when, when did the penguins march 2006 2005 2005 so he would have been yeah, late high school. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. right. Yeah, because Joey and I are the same were, age. Right? There was the, yeah. but there was still the sort of lingering, like, oh yeah, penguins. Remember those? Sure. You know, like, yeah. Did Joey? This is my big question, and stop me if this is too personal. Please. Did Joey have that toy that was like the the ice mound, and then all the penguins like walk around it? Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, not even a little bit. I don't think I know thing. what you're talking about. You'll know I it if know. you see it. We definitely had a life size. Inflatable emperor penguin that like really? sat in our room. I inflatable? mean, inflatable, inflatable. So like, you know how inflatable toys like yeah. will slowly sort of, and then you got to blow them back up, you know, and then at a certain point, was it a pool just, toy? What toys are? But inflatable? it had like a, it was like a flat a bottom. Bag? You know, it had like flat yeah. feet so it could stand. It yeah. was just a fucking inflatable penguin. It was very weird in retrospect. <laughs> wow. Could we sit on it? it? Wasn't a chair? I mean, you could, you could. I guess it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> anyway, sorry, penguins. Do you remember this kind of thing where it's like there's like a little escalator and the penguins go up and then they all slide down? No. Yeah, I do remember that. I may have had that in Producer fact. Rachel validating <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I sort me of remember that. And validating and, you know, me. there's the Mario world, Mario 64 world with penguins. Oh, yeah. there's two different ones with penguins. You know, where yeah. you go sliding and you race them down yeah. there. So that's fun. 
Who doesn't love penguins? They're fat. I think it's the fatness. They're sort of rotund. Sure. That really kids really respond they to about them. Funny. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're funny. They're funny. Right. They're, and, they, and they're birds, they're but they can't fly. Right. They're, they're, yeah. they're unique. They operate, you know, and they're not threatening. They're, they're not like right. the other birds. They're yeah, a little they're, different. Yeah, they are like, a little different. No legs. No legs. Big feet. Big feet. Long flippers. Waddly. And also, let's say it. They're very classy gentlemen because they all look like they're they, wearing they tuxedos. They got little I think when you're a kid and you figure that out, yeah. penguins start really shooting up the charts for you <laughs> in the animal kingdom. That's, that's fair. I'm just, this is right. I'm trying to crack the code of like, what is it about penguins that makes them, makes them so popular? And you're right. I mean, they are an evergreen thing. I think they're a type of animal that kids get attracted to, but they're not like cats or dogs that are like perennials. You well, know, you like, can't own a penguin. Right. And right. kids always love horses. <laughs> Speak sure, for horses. yourself. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe. Hey, okay. <laughs> if you cool your house down, I can own a penguin. <laughs> yeah, don't tell Caitlin she can't but fucking like, own a did penguin. Did you guys, Caitlin, I don't know where you're from. I'm uh, realizing. W- Western Pennsylvania. So I don't know if you had like a penguin zoo near you. Like we I grew would, up near nothing. We would like go to the zoo and there's the penguins and you go down in the Central Park Zoo, you go down into this sort of subterranean area and you can see them swimming. Mm-hmm. But then also sometimes they're a little, you know, the zoo zoo people would come and feed them fish. Mm-hmm. That was always very exciting. Did you not do this? Were you I not did. a zoo kid? Okay. I did. No, I, we went New to the zoo, zoo a lot. Zoo boy. Yeah, I went to the zoo a couple right. of times. Wait, say Ben Hosley went to the zoo. Yeah, I've been to the zoo. Producer Ben went to the zoo. Oh, you're doing, you're doing this. Well, All I just, right. I, mean, I need clarification. The Ben Ducer went to the zoo. Uh, it's true. The first <laughs> the meat lover went to the zoo. Yeah. Soaking wet Benny, white hot Benny, dirt bike Benny. I just, it didn't, it didn't grab my attention. Our finest film critic. Bought a ticket to the oh, zoo. You know what I did like, though? When uh, I was there, a gorilla threw uh, feces mm. at the uh, the window. The and I found record. that very funny. The commission. That's a good bit. Went classic. style. That's a classic. Caitlin is checking gorilla. her watch as I go no, through this. Let's, let's speed this up. I was getting a text going. message on my thing. I, well, I just have one other question for you. What's up? When you went to the zoo, yeah, did they acknowledge that you graduated to a series of they titles? Did of course, a different series such as producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben, Ben yeah. Shamlan, Ben Sate, I only Ben's with a the dollar sign. Say Benny thing. Dot dot dot. Benglish. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 you uh, don't even know what uh, it is. Ben for the nineteen, last the fennel maker. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, eat, eat drink Ben Hosley. You got it. Uh, uh, my my neighbor Ben Toro, Beetle Vape Juice. One, I don't sure. know. I'm making them up now. Okay, fine. I feel like we haven't come <laughs> up with the last three. Was that my neighbor Totoro? Yeah. yeah. What's, the, yeah. what's the Demi one? What's the Demi? The truth about Benny? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A master Ben. No, forget it. Yeah, a master Ben. Benny and the Flash? Benny and the Flash. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Benny and Ben Loved. The ben Loved. Okay. Love to do a, a pun on Beloved. I do, too. Right, um, I don't know. Are we, have we pulled out of that tailspin? Yeah, can we yeah talk I'm about sorry. Happy I fucked up the entire show. <laughs> no, it was great. I, I was not a big animal kid. We went to the zoo a lot, but I was just never a kid who loved animals. I think they're different types of kids, and, sure. and most kids have one animal they like. The animal I liked the most was the pig, and I think I picked it perversely because I never had to make contact with it. Sure. It wasn't a thing uh-huh. where people could be like, let's go to the zoo and see that pig you love. I could just be in the abstract like, I love pigs. I mean, you could and go was, to the farm, Wilbur, some pig. You could have gone there. Is some pig? Sure. That's the best pig. I, mean, some, I feel like see that motherfucker, Babe. On topic. That's a good. What point. are you talking about? That'll do. How do you feel about babe. babe? I love Babe. So so you know when we're when we're doing Happy Feet, George Miller's been pretty dormant for a while, but his mm. last efforts had been in the the Babe franchise. Yeah, the two Babes. Right. 
Because I might go, even like Babe Two Pig in the City more than Babe. I, I think a, fa- a fair take. Yeah, a fair take. But Very he, different film. He finishes yeah. out his Mad Max trilogy. Right. He does Lorenzo's Oil yeah. and Witches of Eastwick. Right, which are both him trying different things. Witches of Eastwick is him being like. I don't like the studio system. If I'm making movies, I'm doing them on my own terms. I have my own company. I work with Village Roadshow. Most of his films are distributed by Warner Brothers, but he's still always trying to retain some sense of autonomy and independence within the studio system, just sort of using them as a distributor. Um, He produces the first Babe. Babe blows up. He goes, I don't feel like I'm getting enough credit for Babe. (laughs) Right. I was sort of shepherding the whole thing, no pun intended. Hey, that'll do. Gets his second Oscar nomination. His Oscar nominations are so weird because it's first nomination, best screenplay for Lorenzo's Oil. Hey, got it. Got to get second nomination as a producer, best picture for Babe. Sure. And then he's like, okay, you thought that was good. Let me take over, Babe. Let me do Babe Pig in the City. People are like, boo, get off the stage. Real ones recognize the things of fucking masterpiece. Screenplay nom for Babe, want to point out. Oh, okay. So two noms there. Two noms there. Um, (laughs) But he's a little bit in the wilderness after Pig in the City because I is. think people were like, this guy, if you give him too much freedom, he's going to go fucking nuts. Mm. And so after Pig in the City, he's like, I'm ready to return to Mad Max. And he announces he's going to do Mad Max 4. I think it was supposed to be called The Wasteland at that point. Yes, I think you're With right. Mel Gibson. Mm. And it's Ooh. very close to getting made in 2001 and 9-11 happens. And he gets skittish and he backs off of it. Interestingly, and for sure. years it's still like percolating. And at some point, Mel is like having all his breakdowns and yeah, directing Mel, Mel more. becomes a little more unemployable. And it becomes <laughs> clear that he's probably not going to act in the movie ever. So it's still this thing of like he's going, maybe I do it animated. Do I get a new actor to do it? Do I set it earlier? Mm-hmm. Like, can I coax Mel into coming back? And he'll be doing interviews and people will go like, is Mad Max 4 ever going to happen? Like it feels like this quixotic quest, right? And uh, he's like, no, no, it's definitely going to happen. It's definitely happened. We were going to film next year, but then Namibia, the planes changed, and I can't film in this environment. Like, it was always just, like, weird interruptions coming in. And in this period where he's continually talking to Warner Brothers about trying to make a fourth Mad Max, which they would like to do, he goes, can I show you this other thing I've had? And he's, like, meeting with them in L.A., and he's like, I've had this Penguin script for, like, 10, 15 years that I've been, like, (laughs) percolating on. And he drops it at their desk and gets on his plane back to Australia. And the story is that when he landed, they were like, we'll make this tomorrow. That they read it within the time that he was on the plane, that very long plane flight. And they were Mm -hmm. like, obviously, this movie makes perfect sense to us. (laughs) Now, to me, I wonder if that is a symptom of this period, early 2000s, post-Pixar, animation's in a big boom. And suddenly every studio is like, we got to get in on that. We got to make our own animated films. And Warner Brothers does not have an animation division. They have right, no right, sort right. of like incubator. Because they had shut it down, right? They briefly, no, well, like in Iron 90s, Giant, right? That was they the experimented end of it. with it, right? Exactly. Right. So that was like that wave of every studio trying to copy Disney and do their like hand drawn musicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Iron Giant's the final nail in the coffin for Warner Brothers animation. And I think they feel too recently burned by that to try to start up a new CGI thing. And, sure. like, Fox had bought Blue Sky, DreamWorks had bought PDI, which later became DreamWorks Animation. Like, all these other places were buying independent animation houses mm-hmm. the way that Disney did with Pixar. And Warner Brothers was like, I don't know what to do. And suddenly a guy who they have a relationship with drops the script on their desk. And I think part of the pitch was there's this company, Animal Logic, that's a special effects house. They're based out of Australia. 
and we can hire them to animate the whole movie. We don't have to build an animation studio. They essentially are an animation studio, but no one's ever asked them to animate an entire film before. Right. And so it's kind of like a part and parcel. You don't have to develop an animation arm. Mm-hmm. Here's this thing. And I think to execs, they're probably like, I don't know. What what are fucking kids like? But this What's thing was expensive. Sure. Like, it's not like this was just sort of like, sure, have a have a roll of it. But don't, don't you think to some degree they were like, all oh, this shit's expensive. Talking cars, singing yeah, penguins. Yeah, no. what, what the fuck? What's the difference? Yeah, you can sell people on. I mean, you know, have you seen the animated? Have you seen, have you seen Delgo or whatever? Like yeah. People will take flyers in animated movies because they're like, sure, those things sell, right? Kids see them. And it's that thing I think that also happened when like Warner Brothers tried to be make, getting into the DC interconnected universe where it's like we understand that there's a market for this thing but we also don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Where they're like I don't know what are these fucking kids like? Right. You know like what are these nerds like? <laughs> and like to some degree they're sort of reluctantly making these things with disdain because they're like it's easy money in the bank. And right. what they're not counting on is George Miller being a lunatic who's like this is my movie to say everything. That's right. This is yeah. my chance to try to like work, uh, uh, like insane, uh, subjective camera movements into animated film. The camera stuff is wild in this movie because obviously there is no camera, so we can do whatever he wants with it. Right? Did you see this when it came out, Kayla? No, I hadn't okay. seen it until like three days ago. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So you agreed to do this just as like that sounds like a weird movie. Yeah. We gave you a list of like a couple of options. So do you want to do any of these? And you were like happy for you totally. I just mostly didn't want to see one of the like original trilogy Mad Max movies again. Sure. I've seen them all. Not for me. Love Fury Road. Uh, but I'm so glad I said yes to this because what he is trying to say with Happy Feet mm. are, is exactly what he tries to say and I think succeeds at saying in Fury Road. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Because there's like this like religious aspect where like a Morton Joe's, you know, like has this whole, you know, he's a, he's got this regime, totalitarianism, but like this ethos, this like dogma. Right. This of, movie is also about a demagogue. Yes. Who's like, this is true. <laughs> controlling his Correct. little population. This is all true. Uh, but then the whole thing also is that like we ruined the world. Right. Uh, yes. There's the or water we're wars. We're in the process the, of ruining the world. Yeah. Right. 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 And uh, and the same like environmental themes are very suddenly out of nowhere present in Happy Feet. Yes. Uh, it is also this thing where like what is so powerful about Fury Road is that all that stuff is in there and it's almost never uh, stated directly through dialogue mm-hmm. and is almost always just conveyed through the world building and the action. Right. And the dialogue is mostly like conversational and perfunctory. Right. right. And then this is a children's mo- movie has like every character explaining every theme <laughs> all the time. Yes, that uh-huh. is true. But also this film posits that penguins, when they select their mate sing pop songs from like the 80s. Well, every penguin has a heart song. To, to fi- yeah, but those are pop songs right. from the 80s. It has to be a Moulin Rouge style. Right, like, exactly. A couple penguins duet. Jukeboxy kind of like And one like of them singing tank. Roxanne and one of them is singing like uh, a Big Pimpin and they harmonize somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Here's a question, Professor Penguin. I genuinely want to know and you got the laptop and apparently sure. an infinite well of penguin facts. My brother had these like flashcards of every penguin species that he would like. And he drilled you every night. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Go on, guess. My question is, 
I feel like emperor penguins are culturally sort of seen as the default penguin. Especially when you when you get the name emperor penguin, right. like you're really sticking out there. They're also they're the biggest penguins, I think. But you also, know, literally size wise. I feel like yeah. if you ask someone draw a penguin, they ninety nine out of a hundred will draw something that most closely resembles an emperor. Yeah. Are they the most they popular like the, the, species, or are like, they just kind of have they become the default? The most populous penguin species is. Emperor the penguins. macaroni penguins. What? what? No. Shocker. 18 million oh, macaronis. Man. What do they look like? Turn around that screen. I showed they're you the them. Ones. They're the crusty ones. Oh, they're, they're the, the crusties? Yeah, yeah. They're the ones who are overfishing, not humans. Yeah, seriously, There's so guys. many macaroni penguins. Do they uh, eat macaroni? I hope they do. They really should. <laughs> that is crazy that they're the most popular, and I think of them as like, oh, that's like an obscure deep cut penguin. Um, you know those eyebrow penguins? See. Well, that's, okay. Talk about <laughs> representation in media. Yes. Why are emperors favored so much in media? This is what I was getting at. Are emperor penguins the straight white men of the of the penguin <laughs> world? Are they just taking up ninety percent of the film roles, but they're not actually representing that much of the population? That's emperor a, penguins exactly are it. low on the list. I think because they have such an unusual breeding thing, where they like it takes them a whole goddamn year, and they got it's just one egg, and they got to march. Like it seems like very convoluted but like wow. but number one macaroni number two the chin strap who is a good boy we like the chin strap sure he's got a little chin strap Aww. they're cuties they're number two yeah they're number two I like them because it looks like their face is like peeking out like yeah, they're, they're like, like an oyster sh- and like then you got the, the, the Adeli penguins uh, who kind of had just have those really crazy eyes uh-huh. okay uh, there's a rock hopper right you know you got the, something called the, the the Magellanic penguins Oh, they're, I feel like the, the, the zoo has a lot of those. They're sort of like uh, black and white. those are familiar. Yeah, sure. Right. That's a cool one. What now, crazy things they are. Also, zoos, that's another message, are bad. Yeah, and I they're, agree. They're, they're, zoos they're, are terrible. They're, they're, we well, should get rid of them. Well, they're so awful. They're not terrible. They truly they're are. Bad. They, well, you know, but like they, <sighs> they're people hey. who work at zoos who are trying to conserve yes. and educate, and you know, like it's a it's a it's a responsibility right. that you can you can take on well and just have like a good there are zoo. people in the Trump administration who are there <laughs> to Wait, be a voice of reason. We're comparing zoos to the Trump administration. Jared Kushner <laughs> is trying his hardest. Okay, so uh, as we learn in various uh, movies such as Happy Feet, such as March of the Penguins, mm-hmm. uh, they're focused on emperor penguins. Mm. So they're, to me, the feminist icons of the penguins. Because the, the, the female the goes females out to go fish. Out to hunt. And, they yes. lay an egg. They're like, here, daddy, you right. take care of this. Yeah. I've got work to do. Yeah, right. stick this under your crotch. Although <laughs> it is absolutely wild that uh, not only does the male penguin just have to stand there, but he cannot eat for two months, yeah. which is just a very strange way of doing business. Yeah. She's just, like, look, I couldn't drink for nine months. It's fair, yeah, <laughs> two right. months without a sandwich. I couldn't have any sushi. <laughs> yeah. My other question: So, do other Could species vape? of penguins do this, or is it just the emperors? Do we know? It's a great question. Um, it felt like that's why March of the Penguins was about them. That right. it was such a unique sort I do of think phenomenon. Let's see, but like, but like, the also the whole hook to that movie was like, what an interesting dynamic, right, between these right. parents and how they have a child. Re- Production. Let's see. Egg. I'm here. I'm, I'm trying to sort David of like talk about penguin eggs, porn. baby. We should talk about um, eggs, baby. most penguins. Yeah, uh, lay two eggs. Emperors and king penguins, with the other big boys, only lay one. Okay, they lay mm-hmm. two eggs simultaneously. Well, I don't know. You lay one, then you lay another one. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think succession. you have to have them like <laughs> literally <laughs> parallel. Um. <laughs> Let's see. So it, uh, but the, the the monogamous thing is pretty t- 
typical to all penguins, okay. which, you know, obviously unusual for animals to be monogamous. You rarely meet a poly penguin, um, is what you're saying. I feel like a lot of bird species overall do a, yeah, a right. pretty they're, monogamous they're more, thing. They're more fond of that. Some of them might be like ethical non-monogamy, but like... Right, think, right, right. Right, but like a lot of them... Well, I mean, there's a they reason. Bond forever. There's a reason we cite the birds and the bees as an it, example, because that's a, how culture's supposed to be. <laughs> it does seem like generally the whole. I think the the emperors have, as you say, the added marching aspect. But sure. the general vibe with penguins is they don't lay a lot of eggs. Mm-hmm. They do mate monogamously, and it's it's tough out there for a penguin. You really gotta, you know, those eggs are precious because you're not like laying ten thousand eggs. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Also, they're not scared of humans because they don't really understand what humans are. So if you go look at penguins, they will, like, come up to you. Penguins. So we like them. They're cute. Another cute thing about emperor penguins, when they have babies, they look different than what they're going to end up looking like, which is typical. Because they shed off all their little fuzzy fur. They've got all this fluffy stuff. It's It's cute. cute. I I think it is fascinating. Pretty cute. That... That Miller with like no animation background, right? Sure, sure. And after, but, but but after Babe, some CGI expertise, right? Sure, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Babe was largely animatronics with CGI right, right, right. sort of augmentation. But he, he likes tech. He likes right. right. He likes pushing boundaries. But he like goes into a new medium. After the success of this, he starts an animation studio called Doctor D. We love it. Which then, I believe, like, Shutters quickly shut Immediately right, after right. Happy Feet 2. Right, right. But yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be your animation guy. I'm going to spearhead, like, all these animated films for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie makes this incredibly bizarre choice to stylize the penguins less than 10%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Right? right. I think this is very <laughs> important so, to talk about. Yeah. The animation, right. There's no. It's just like this weird, uncanny valley version of penguins. It's like the closest they could get to photorealism at the time. But it looks bad. It's like really totally. bad. And then also, except the one thing they do do to to do do to stylize <laughs> uh, anything is they make several of the female penguins these like hourglass shaped. They've got a busty, little more of a body, little bucks. Yeah, they've right. got they've got a bosom. You got some coke bottle and penguins. They got some over here. hips. <laughs> yeah, and it's so weird. <laughs> I guess they have to differentiate them from the male penguins for some reason. But it's also this bizarre thing. I mean, that's the other problem is you have like a movie where most of the characters are going to end up looking the same. Like any yes. scene in which like uh, uh, Gloria sure. and what's the mother's name? Uh, Memphis is no, the dad. No, Memphis no, is the dad. No, no, Jean. Nor- Jean. Right, right. Norma she Jean. sounds like fucking... Marilyn Monroe. Monroe, which is why I feel like he's like, okay, so it's distinguishing. You really got to have the most cartoonish voice right, right? He's like he's doing he's like doing elvis. like an elvis thing yeah. she's doing a maryland thing a sort of breathy thing Ugh. yeah but there are scenes, it's a little weird, <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> there are scenes in the last like third of the movie where visually glo- adult gloria and uh, norma jean are standing next to each other and you can barely differentiate between the two of totally. them totally and same thing with like adult mumbles with memphis i agree let well, alone all give, the background penguins they give mumble blue eyes and right. everyone else has like black little beady eyes and he's got his little little he's got a little I think that the eyes, when he's a little kid, when Mumbles is a baby, adorable. Oh, yeah. When Mumbles is a teen, kind of makes him look weird. He looks kind of intense. Yeah. Does match with Elijah Wood, of course, who, like, anytime he's on screen, especially in Lord of the Rings, you are kind of like, Jesus, what's this guy's eyes? (laughs) It's blinking like he just stared into the sun. And, you know, like, Peter Jackson would do that trick where he would, like, shine, like, 40 lights into his eye to make his eyes, like, seem, like, very dazzling. Which, you know, the opposite side of that trick was if they were shooting late at night and they ran out of lights, they would just put his eyes behind the camera. (laughs) 
for a close Light him up. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I remember walking out of Fellowship of the Ring and my mom being like, we get it with his eyes. <laughs> like like was like sick of his eyes by the end of that movie. Um, but, but, but don't you think he looks a little creepy? Or not creepy exactly, but intense. Oh, yes. Very intense. No, I think creepy is the appropriate word sure. there. But it is this weird thing of like, so you have like little details like that or like Norma Jean has like a, a heart birthmark on one of her breasts. Yeah. That's what it looks I like. Didn't even notice Like that. a biker bar tattoo almost. Um, right, right. But, but by and large, these penguins all kind of look the same. Uh-huh. And he's doing like working as much as he can to sort of make them like the physiology of them is pretty much exactly the same as right. a real penguin looks. Right. He's not redesigning them in any way that makes them easier to animate. Mm-hmm. No. Their faces are still kind of innately inexpressive. Right. Yeah. Because beaks they have are very small eyes. They have big beaks. Inexpressive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's like a mouth that just flaps open and closed. So like for Hugo <laughs> Weaving's villain penguin, right. he's got like a little crook in his neck, right? He's you know? the only one who sort of looks any amount of different. Yes. There is the one chunky boy. Played by Fat Show. Yes. Yes. Seymour. Right. Right. (laughs) But he's just like, they took the main penguin model and just Just stretched it. Just a little bigger. Right. Right. Fat Joe's involvement does really put this movie in 2006, though, right? Like, that's just like, because there are two cats. Where it's like, Fat Joe's enough of a star to be in a kid's movie. Lean back and just happened like a year ago. Right, right, (laughs) right. Do you know the two cast replacements that happen in Happy Feet 2? No, go ahead. Brittany Murphy passes the year before the film comes out, so they replace her with. Remains one of the strangest and you know most upsetting. And then her husband died shortly after, and everyone thought some toxic mold. It turned out they had toxic mold in their shower, and both of them got pneumonia and were never diagnosed. Yeah, that is like basically the accepted explanation, right? I know that that was never like fully, fully confirmed. Her husband was also a weird con artist, so people kept on going like, "Is she tied to something?" But that he died so shortly after, Mm -hmm. it was that there was like. When they when they ripped open their house after the husband died, they were like, "This shower is riddled with mold." <gasps> I didn't know. Insane, that. super weird. Wow, but uh, very strange. But anyway, so she Bridget died. Murphy, Who she's replaced with? Pink. Uh, of course, but of course, uh, right, sure. right. And you're like, you know, George Miller was like, it was really sad. It was tragic. She was getting ready to record. She right. passed like a year before the film right. came out. We had no choice. It's dedicated in her memory. And then Fat Joe is replaced with Common. Why? I don't know. Life's too short. <laughs> Why make a second movie with Fat Joe? Common fine. seems like a better option. Like, just the indignity of just being like, no, yeah, it's fine. We, we, we'll we call you Fat Joe. Why even right. bring that character back? Exactly. He's in, like, two scenes. I know. Scenes. It's not like people are like, we need... Wait, I need to look up his character. Well, no, name. but isn't he the father we now? We need Seymour. He's got... Well, ha- I, this is all I know about Happy it's Feet 2. Happy Feet 2 is kind of the next generation. And there's, like, a little kid who looks just like Mumbles... Doesn't Mumble have a son? Right, who looks just like baby Mumble, voiced by the same actress, E.G. Daly, who voices young Mumble in this. Sure. And then Common has a son. The voice of Tommy from Rugrats. Right. Yeah. Uh, Who's also uh, Dottie and Pew's Big Adventure. Right, sure. Uh, But then uh, the Fat Joe Common character also has a son who looks exactly like the little version of him from this movie and is voiced by (laughs) the same actor, a young rapper named Lil Peanut. (laughs) All right. Happy feet. So, Happy feet. what? Oh, I was just gonna say. So, I, I am gonna lack the technical terms to get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than like the adult and child version of Mumbles who have like textured fur, and when they're feathers. in the movie, sure. No, but you see like their fur and their feathers like individually mm. reacting to the weather. When they get wet, they look wet and whatever. 
every other penguin in this movie is essentially a model they built without a lot of texture. Uh-huh. And then they're essentially putting a skin on it that has texture painted onto it, which is like the equivalent of wearing a T-shirt that makes you look like you have six-pack abs. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons all the penguins look bad because when they're moving, their body's not distorting properly. Right. It's like you're stretching a still image. Here's my, but this is the biggest problem with this movie. And this movie's strange. Yeah. But I just, it just doesn't look great. It's like like many a mid-2000s animated film. It's just a little janky. Which at the time people were like, can you believe what this thing looks like? They don't look like cartoons. I'm not wrong in thinking, like, you know, the the, the dancing was motion captured, right? Right. Like, that was part of the tech pitch at the time was, like, Savvy and Glover came in and did some great tap dance and, like, we mapped that onto the penguin. Which the animation community has always hated mocap films. Sure, right. And a lot of them have been snubbed for, like, best animated film even when they were critically adored. Right, right, right. And so there was a whole campaign of being like, no, the movie is not mocapped. The stars who voice the penguins didn't do mocap. The mocap mm-hmm. is just the dancing. Because he okay. wanted the verisimilitude of these have to be the best tap dancers in the world. If penguins are going to tap dance, it has to be bring in the noise, bring in the funk level <laughs> steps. Also, another thing about Mumble's like aesthetic is he has not lost all of his baby feathers. Sure. Which like what and why? Right. I, is that just another way to differentiate to him, him from everyone yeah, right. else? And give him kind of a teen energy, I suppose. It's interesting that the the idea of him as an outcast, right? Because sure. penguins can only have one kid. Yes. I mean, per year, but in this movie, it's really just right. like one kid. But the idea, right. Right, it, the it, idea of like, this was our shot at an offspring. Our heart songs had united. I let him and roll God, away. God, he's weird. Right. He can't sing. He's a dancer. And it's a classic, like, you know, kids movie, just kids story trope of like the point where it's like, everyone in this town does this thing the one way, or we all look this one right. way. It's, it's, it's Footloose. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. one person sure. is born the wrong way, and we like resist them and push them away until they ultimately teach us. Right, but that's handled them. very weirdly too. Very because weirdly, because when he's born, when Mumble is born, it the movie frames it as though his feet and the way in which they behave, yeah, is it's almost framed as a disability. Right, right. But then that gets dropped. Yeah, quite quickly after that. It, it <laughs> takes over an hour for it to be, like, a form of artistic or emotional expression for him. Right. At first, it's like, does he have a neurological disorder? Like, yeah. what what is going on here? It's like a weird tick. Right. He's yeah, just right. sort of, like, stomping about. But he's but then, he, you know, as a kid, it's like he has to hold it in, right? They're like, no, dun, dun, nah, it's not cool. Don't but, do that. But also, thing. the right. central premise of what is normal for this movie is so wild. <laughs> and it drops you into the deep end where the movie just cold starts with, Fairly realistic looking, top of the line technology, right. 2006 penguins. Big, and big actor, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman, recognizable stars. stars. Right, yeah. Australian, you know, so like George Miller stars, but right. still, right. But like Nicole Kidman a couple years away from an Oscar, like like he, uh, Hugh in, in peak uh, Wolverine era, and they're just fucking singing Prince to each other <laughs> and removing the sexual words and replacing them with eggs and shit. <laughs> But sometimes not. There's right. like a lyric where they're like, I want to make love to you. Yeah. And it's like, right. he sings, I'll joke. make love to you. <laughs> Which has always, at least when we were kids, was acceptable. That had come into the realm of acceptable. You right. could say make love to a child. Like it could be in a commercial. 
You know what I mean? Yes. But it's this very specific. I'm not like, saying that's a good thing. I'm sure. just saying that was that's the way it went. Uh-huh. It's this very now specific. Now I'm Googling penguin mating. Uh, Post Moulin Rouge <laughs> thing to me. Where it's like every musical number is like Elephant Love Medley. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. It, it is to, very Moulin Rouge. Every song is yeah. eight songs. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Every song is uh, the Shrek uh, Swamp Karaoke. <laughs> the thing I think that's funny about penguins is also that they often will just go like that. You know, they'll just kind of stretch it out. David was uh, doing what I can only describe as what he does when we're usually recording episodes. But then he added a... Right. He shook his head, but otherwise was just outstretching his arms. Here they go. Here, they're going to look. See, they're going to fall. Now it's going down. Uh, They're kind of doing like... They kind of nibble each other. You know, they kind of like... The beaks, you know, they kind of groom each other's. And then it's sort of like you kind of just inch your way around. Sure. First you're face to face. Oh, it's okay. Like, do they do the thing where they do it in the movie where like their heads kind of tilt downward and it forms a heart shape they, with they, their they, bodies? It does and not appear that choreographed. Like, like a horrific looking heart. Um, like an anemic squeezed heart. Um, yeah, I guess it's just the old fashioned back, you know, kind of just little penguin sandwich, right? Yeah, the old-fashioned really penguin sandwich. <laughs> well, you know, when, you watch, when you watch a lot of like David Attenborough documentaries. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, you know. But yes, the movie just like I feel like there's probably five or six minutes that elapse before a uh, line of dialogue is spoken. Uh, I yes. Think so yeah. Um, and you, it is very strange that this came right after March of the Penguins because right. it's funny that basically anyone who'd seen March of the Penguins can just be like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know what they do. I know. I know they got to all huddle up for a couple months with the eggs. The boys and the girls are going to go off and get the fishies. By co- complete coincidence, this documentary that performs like a blockbuster right, film. Narrated by Morgan Freeman or whoever, right? Gives everyone all the frame of reference they need for the opening of this movie and a documentary that like every kid saw. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but but yes, I mean the the heart song thing is so strange because it's like, there it's it's elastic to the point where it's like well it's not just like mating calls because it's also like this form of artistic expression mm. but it feels like it's a somewhat supernatural thing like it's almost like imprinting in the Twilight Saga uh. where it's like you have to find the one song and then that's your song forever but also they sing multiple songs they right. also dance yes. Only tap dancing make you weird. Is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Right. Most forms of dance are like, yeah, that's part of the routine. Right. But like just that's secondary. Okay. Heart song is primo. And do you get to tap dancing because penguins have no legs and little feet? Like, was it just him being like, well, that would look funny? It has to be. Right? They have little feet. It's funny. It's little little feet. Right. No legs. Right. They're happy. <laughs> the feet are happy. The feet are happy. The, yeah. What? So to me, the heart song thing was rooted in some science, right? Because isn't there a thing with the emperor penguins where, like, the babies can distinguish, like, their mother's yes, voice some from weird, everyone else? Yes. So I was like, okay, that's they build off that. And birds have mating calls. That's like, And, a, and yeah, you'll right, see those yeah. gatherings of thousands of penguins. And, you, right, the David Adam will be like, amazingly, get, they always know who yeah. their parent is, even but though they all look the same. They, that's just what we think, but right. they're just going to the wrong mate all the time. And we're just like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> those two are right. Yeah, no question. It's, I mean, it, look, it's generally weird that there's Antarctica where there's nothing going on mm-hmm. and it's just like 
penguins are like, yeah, this is going to be our spot. Well, it's like a winter wasteland. I, I have never seen a penguin. I'm assuming, I mean, except in the zoo. Yeah, what are you I've talking never seen, about? Like, You're just bragging about seeing penguins all yeah, the time. Zoo, but, you know, like, n- n- never. You've I, never been to I've Antarctica? I've never been to Antarctica. Okay. Which you can, I suppose, go. I think it's like a I'll whole brag, thing. Because yeah. I went north. I went to Alaska. And there you see puffins. You went to Alaska? Yeah, you didn't know that about me. That was last year. You went to Alaska last year? Yeah, for Did a I wedding. about this? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And then we st- stayed because it was like, we're in Alaska. Puffins. And there yeah. are puffins. Yeah. And when you see puffins, it is like, oh my God, it's like the little cartoon animal that you kind of think might not even be real. Well, you also, that was the other reason you stayed out there because you want to pitch them a book, right? <laughs> I'm going to make this joke work. It's, it's almost some, there. It's, it's almost so there. close. I like that was further, not close. No, I think <laughs> we're hovering. All right, all right. We're going to find a landing spot. Did you see a moose? Uh, saw some moose. Saw, oh, I've always wanted to see a you moose. Know, I mean, you I've can heard see these guys. Huge. You can see these guys. Saw bears. Oh both my god! In the wild and not which nice. Was, mm. In the wild was a little, a little grizzlies. Much for me. No grizzlies. Okay. I mean, I saw grizzlies in like a nature preserve, but okay. not uh, IRL. But I did see a black bear on a hike. <laughs> uh huh. Like real close to me. Too close. Did you yeah. uh, see Russia? And uh, what's the other thing? Well, otters. I mean, you can see them in a lot of places, but they're just so damn charming, those yeah. otters. They're Where pretty great. Where are the great. movies about otters? I know. Give they're us an so otter movie. Otters they're feel very cute. Like they penguin have hands. adjacent in that they're just like innately funny animals. They yeah. are. You're just like, I, I'll, I'll root for any otter. I yeah. think I agree with that. And like in Alaska, they they never shut up about otters because like they used to be everywhere and then they got over hunted for yeah. their fur and now they're back. Emmett Otter, great musician. <laughs> Still waiting for him to do a follow up album. <laughs> but it's like they're tubby. They just lie on yeah. their backs, you know, and like they're, they're just they seem very charming. Anyway, so uh-huh. I just like we're talking penguins are in that sphere. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the heart song. They're cool. <laughs> they have a baby. Right. The first 10 minutes are just the parents. Yes. And you see the the men marching doing doing the march of the penguins around the aurora borealis. Mm-hmm. And then they're singing to each other but as they sing it's like projections come out of their mouths of their heads uh-huh. of the penguin god. Right. Also does the aurora the borealis happen in Antarctica? Isn't of course. that like It's called the aurora australis. Oh, but okay. it is the same basic phenomenon. I see, I see. I see. Yes. He gets so distracted belting with his bros. <laughs> sure. After it's like, no. I mean, it's boring. They got to stand there. It's boring. Oh, don't forget he drops the egg. Yes, right. right. Which he apparently gets so comes back in a significant plot point. It rolls and everyone's like, you know what they say. If an egg rolls away, you're, you're, you're fucked. You're going to have done. A, a bird with who tap dances. Right. And that's, I guess, like if you were a dropped kid, you're going to have a bad life, right? That's what they're trying to say with that. Oh, I guess. So it's like when you're a parent and you drop your kid and you're like, uh, this is, I fucked up and yeah. the kid's just fine. And right. you're like, but what if I did something? <laughs> I had one glass of wine one time and now I wonder anytime my son can't do And then when they're like 26, problem, right. you know, they have a gambling problem. You're like, because I dropped I it. I did the one drop. <laughs> hey, I, I, knew was, it. I was dropped a bunch and I turned out fine. Oh, you're but, killing it. Your parents are like, look, honestly, every other week with you, we were just like, oops. Yeah. yeah. I rolled once off of my changing table and just <laughs> onto the ground. Wow. And, yeah, and you remember this is recently? Yeah. <laughs> we should mention that David's a big baby who wears big baby boy diapers. I'm a baby boss. So he drops the egg, as you said, Caitlin. Yeah. And um, he's worried about that. But the egg hatches. Seems to be normal. Well, first baby. they think it's not going to hatch. Right. right. Which, which is a plot point in March of the Penguins. You see, sometimes the egg don't hatch, and that's real sad. And he's like, I fucked this up. I ruined this. And then tip, tip, tap, 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 tap,
from inside the egg. And uh, wait, does someone, uh, what's it? Brittany Gloria. Murphy comes over to tap on it. Baby Brittany Murphy. Yeah, yeah. little Gloria. And she names him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> She's like, I'm not your parent. I'm a another baby, but I'm naming this other right. baby penguin. Name him Mumbles because he can't talk that well. Guess what? He's a fucking baby. He just was born. Give him a break. Um, 100%. And so uh, then you have uh, Baby Mumbles. This, to me, the high point of the movie. The cutest thing. Just pretty cute. Mm. The ad campaign mm. for this movie was 90% Baby Mumbles. Right, the poster is the baby. Even though it's only like 20 minutes. Like, it's not like a lot. The trailers for this film were mostly just isolated musical numbers. But when he's just huh. like a little guy who's like, I just want to dance. Like that, I'm like, yeah, I love this penguin. I'm all in. But I remember like going to see whatever Harry Potter movie it was at midnight, not knowing this film was being made. Sure. The teaser trailer comes up, which is Robin Williams with a Speedy Gonzalez accent. (laughs) Oh my God. Singing my way. We're getting to it. (laughs) No, but don't worry. The other character he plays is Barry White. (laughs) 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 Um, But it was, it was him singing my way in Spanish, but it was a different animated sequence. It's not what's in the movie. Sure. They animated a different sequence just for the just teaser. For the trailer. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then when he hits the high note, the camera zooms down his throat, <gasps> and the Happy Feet logo is his uvula. Great. Ew. Great. Cool. And, and the whole audience was, Chill. like, giggling and, like, loved it. And I was like, what? We're all just accepting this? What the <laughs> fuck? Is this? And it was one of those like coming next year. Like it was like a far away Uh teaser. And I was like, I have no idea what this movie is. I imagine once we get closer to the release, it will make sense to me. And then the trailers were still just penguins dancing. And people would say, oh, I can't wait to see that cute penguin dancing movie. This is what I'm saying. Penguin. And I just went, what's the fucking movie about? What happens to the rest of the movie? What's the matter with you? You don't like a dancing penguin? But this is the point. Dancing Gwen? I walk into the theater and at this point in the film, I'm going, what what is this about? What's going to happen now? They fucking dance. Well, they hate that he dances. They don't like that he dances. He's yeah. in the singing group, and he can't sing. It's no good, but he does dance, but they're just like, can't And it, Memphis buddy, is like, it. don't fucking show this to people. Right. Like, don't do this around other people. Right. Um, uh, You got Gloria, who's sort of like the valedictorian of the of the, the, the brood, right? She's the best singer. Sure. Her and Fat Joe. Although, when she like does her little, she's like, I f- figured out what my heart song was. Right. Here, here it is. It's like, not that good. No, it's it's not. Yeah, Brittany Murphy. I think a she great was a singer. She's I a think good she was singer. a good singer. It's yeah. an adult. Yes, yeah. Gloria yes. is. But then, like when the kid, she's like a baby. Right. I mean, it's a. Li- it's a li- to be like kids are bad at stuff. But. Right. It's a little try hard. <laughs> this is like an incredibly long classroom sequence where after we've been watching Penguin Behavior for twenty minutes, suddenly. Professor Miriam Margolis like <laughs> grinds the movie to a halt and is like, I'm going to explain all of this. Right. These are the rules of our society. And she's playing like a sort of grand dame with like a, a, a European sort of affect. Right. Is this the, the other teacher that they take him to? Miss Astrakhan. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because right. everyone's just trying to correct this kid's mm-hmm. weird feet. Yeah, he's got happy feet. Well, to them, they're viewing them as sad feet. Yeah. Um, and then Bad feet, even. There's the sequence, thank you, Ben, where he- They think they're crappy feet. <laughs> they think the feet stink. Where he, they hate them. Where he encounters oh, no good stinky a feet. flock of squaw, yes. one of whom has been tagged 
right. by so early. Uh, scientists. Yeah. Now, they yellow. are in the mafia. They, we should just they, point out they're they in the third mafia. They like gangsters. <laughs> you uh, have, the, it, the main one is voiced and, and by Anthony LaPaglia, LaPaglia who's played uh, many a, a mobster. I right? just want to point out, this is a largely LaPaglia. Australian film from yes. an Australian He's filmmaker, an Australian animated by an Australian special effects house. You have four big Australian actors in it, and none of them are doing Australian accents. Right. <laughs> Like, uh, Kidman and Jackman are doing, doing Southern. They're broad American accents. Hugo right. Weaving is, like, Scottish. Yeah. And Anthony LaPaglia is doing Brooklyn. But He's what like do the we great Gwen. Yeah. But what do we know about Anthony LaPaglia? One of the many things about him, but what? what role did he not get to play that he was the first choice for? Tony Soprano? Tony Soprano. <gasps> he was, like, a go-to mobster in the and 90s. And he kind of, I think, never got over no, turning it's that tough, down. tough to... I think it was scheduling. He, like... He was busy making, you know, not The Soprano. He was like doing a view from the bridge on Broadway or something like that. Are you aware that the plot of Analyze That is that yes. De Niro gets hired to be a consultant on a show that is clearly The Sopranos and Anthony LaPaglia is the lead actor playing the guy yes. who's a very self-serious Australian actor who's a diva and keeps on halting production? Um, and I be- wasn't he also, he was supposed to play Al Capone in Road to Perdition and they cut that scene. Yeah. Anyway. He's there talking about alien abduction. This scene. The thing that's interesting about this is what this is the only thing I want to highlight that they're like, the, the bird's going to kind of treat being uh, tagged as yeah. alien abduction. And then someone else is clearly just leaning in and like, and they should kind of be like mobsters. <laughs> like, why do these two, these two things do not mesh? But also, this is the first scene it's in the like movie. It's like mobsters talk about alien. <laughs> this is the first scene in the movie where they're introducing a major element. They're introducing was... non penguin, right? Right, basically. outside of the yeah, basic. Yeah, yeah pitch for this movie which is these penguins sing and dance right. <laughs> suddenly there's this alien thing right and you're like this scene is very menacing it has a very different tone you feel like they're maybe going to eat him and when he escapes and goes back to the singing and dancing stuff you're like well that has to be in there for a reason where the fuck is this movie going right but it drops off for a long, a long hour? time <laughs> I would yeah. say 30 or 40 long. minute yeah. time at least and then also in that so this scene functions to do to do a few things one is that it's sort of ever so slightly establishes that fish are scarce because uh-huh. the 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 mafia the mob boss bird is like Oh, uh, yeah, usually I don't eat penguins, but there aren't a lot of fish right now. But right. I just, I yes, was like. Yes, yes, That's the first apparent, time they bring it up, right? But yeah. it's so, it feels like such a throwaway line and right. not a major plot point, which it right. ends which up being. The vibe with Happy Feet is that, though, right? Where they're yes. like, they sort of, intri- and then later they're like, remember when we said that? That's actually been going on this whole time. Right. right. They, they, they'll, they'll pick but stuff up. But we don't up. see that on screen at no. all. The no. penguins are never struggling to find no, food. No, the never. mom isn't like, ah, I was tough finding, right, you know, like, out in the ocean today. Right. <laughs> like in the beginning of Moana, for example, they're like, all the fish are gone. We've right. been fishing and the traps are turning up empty and our coconuts are diseased. Like that establishes visually what's going and on. And you do have to consider those coconuts. You must consider the coconuts. You must consider the coconuts. Consider their leaves. It's actually true. I always fuck this up. It's better if it's leaves, but it's trees. Oh, no. You know, this is why I fuck it up. It's consider the coconut, consider the trees. And then the second one is the trunks and its leaves. And its leaves, yeah. Anyway, I've considered the coconut thoroughly. Um, but yes, this movie does not really consider the the coconut, the coconut being overfishing, right? Uh, that much. It just kind of peppers in occasional references, right? And then you'll get like when they go back to the Hugo Weaving character, him sort of constantly talking about the Great Gwyn, this god mm-hmm. who has a plan for them. Mm-hmm. Is the they should invest 
all of their belief into the yes. fact that everything he's doing is for a reason. And if they're being punished, it's because they're not showing him enough. And he thinks that loyalty? the happy feet, the tap dancing, right. is angering the great Gwyn. Right. It's an offense. Yes. Right. Which is also where to Another me the thing queer that comes, reading in comes in. And out. in. Yeah, sure. But like the religiousness <laughs> right. sometimes is just sort of the more vague footloosey, like, hey, look, communities can be insular. We're different. And sometimes gets a right. little more like sometimes it's codified. Like you are spiting God. <laughs> right. You have to believe me. I promise you, God hates this. Right. And then his dad is like, oh, I can't have a son who God hates. <laughs> like that relationship feels very like boy erased to me. <laughs> But then Nicole so- Kidman. But then sometimes it's not that at all. Sometimes they just use the metaphor in like eight other ways. Nicole Kidman. Do you think she drew from Boy Erased? Do you think she was drawing from Happy Feet? <laughs> she was like watching it on her phone being like, right, 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 right. right, right. right, right. Um, it is just funny that there are multiple kids animated movies that are like, falling in love is simple. You just, it's just one person and uh, it's just magic. And when you find them, bang, that's it. Right. Because you don't want to talk about sexual attraction. Right, you have right. to be so like, there's like, a magical uh, force cool, that unifies yeah. two people right. and a baby is born. Right. Anyway. So okay, so, so that scene also sequence. Yes, yeah, yeah. He it also sort of establishes something that I guess Mumble's gonna use later on, which is the idea of appealing to their better nature. Right. So it sets that up, but again, that's dropped off on like that doesn't come back again until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then it's like we've got this sort like Randy Quaid from Independence Day, except <laughs> instead he's in the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's like, aliens. Yes, this is all true. Um, And then I feel like after this little sequence, which involves him like falling into a crevice and escaping the squaws. Right. I I just love saying squaw. It feels like this chunk of the movie, Mm. essentially through to the first hour, is doing like an expediated riff on The Lion King. Sure. Where it's like he's a threat to his kingdom. He is ostracized. (laughs) He goes off on his own. He well, gets lost. Then he finds his weird group of wacky. That's the thing. Comic the next big friends. thing is that right. He he's as a teen. He there's a leopard seal attack, and he's sort of separated. And right. he meets the amigos. Uh-huh. Oh, but wait, before that, sure, okay. sure. Because so I've beat by beat <laughs> You've thrown been notes. like, what is happening? So suddenly, Mumble has been in love with Gloria his whole life. Loves her. Yes. Very suddenly, right. his whole life, and. The, there's like this whole horny sequence where everyone, all the other males are singing to Gloria. Yes, yeah, right. Because she's sort of the bell of the ball. Right. She's the bell of the ball, right. and Mumble can't sing, so he's no. like, "Well, I don't have a chance with her." And then they like banish him because he's singing too shitty. Yeah, his singing. I mean, to be fair, his singing is pretty intolerable. Pretty yeah. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> no. If it is a singing based community, I would want him out. But they sort of mock him and like yeah, bully it's, it's him. Yeah, mean to him. And then you know. he ends up on this like ledge, and then he tap dances, and it breaks the ice. Sure, that's true. And he's just sort of stuck floating. Well, then you have the seals, right? That's when the seals... That's when the seals show him around, and that's when he runs into the... um, The Latinx uh, penguins. (laughs) Or or Spanish. I mean, the the biggest save you can do for what's happened with Robin Williams here is that they're... You're like, they're they're, Cotillion? Right, exactly. Let's let's just say they're European Spanish. Right. But I don't... It does... No, I agree. I I don't think you can really pull that off. It is kind of incredible not to sully the name of the dead. No, and also, like... It's it's from his 80s sort of stand up person where he's like, I, was I can say. do a million voices, right? When people you know? like talk about like Robin Williams. And when anyone does a Robin Williams impression, part of a Robin Williams impression is randomly going into 
quote unquote black voice, mm. Mexican voice, very much, and the, gay voice. Yes, right. Like it's yep. always yes. like yep. you know, it's yep. like he said, "Oh, baby, oh, come oh, on oh, to me." Oh, like, oh, 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 well, I don't know about that. And then right. you go back to like, "Oh, like it's yes. always oh, that oh, oh, rotation." I just love doing that. And I even Sorry. remember like when I started doing stand up like ten years ago, and humble brag, mumble brag. I was gonna say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You finally landed one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. When tap, you were doing stand up a while ago. When I was doing stand up a while ago, I'm only pointing out it was 10 years ago to talk about a cultural shift. Sure. But in like 2009. Yeah. I remember people saying, like, oh, this guy's great. Have you seen him before? He does like amazing impressions. About you? No, no. About, about other, Robin no, Williams? Not about me. About other comics, oh, right? Okay, Who sure, were like sure, on sure. the open right, mic right, scene. Right, They'd right, be like, this right. guy does incredible impressions. Uh-huh. And I'd say, like, what impressions does he do? And they'd go, like, you know, like Asian voice. Wait, what, they would just say that? Yes. Okay. I, I have that specific memory. And oh, I remember Jesus. people saying things like that. But that's a very specific conversation. And it was a thing where it used to just be like, oh, that's an asset. If you can do impressions of the other races, which is a thing that Robin Williams drove straight into. Like the the fucking stratosphere, like it became is, America's yeah. favorite for doing. But it's just right. It's interesting to think about how when we were kids, we were we're all you know similar age. Yes, mm-hmm. we were not guaranteed Robin Williams in every animated film we saw, but it was definitely a possibility. And it, if he was in it as kids, we were like, I know that that's the genie. Right. Like when he's in Fern Gully, they're just like. You know, just do your thing. Like, yeah. come on. Like, and then the Robin Williams type is just a type in animated movies, but yeah. he often would just be in the movie. Right. And then this movie is, no, he's doing two characters. The characters aren't Robin Williams. Each character is kind of one of his go-to. Right. So they're like, can be in our animated character. movie? And he's like, oh, yes, of course. Right. I just did robots. Do all the voices. Robots. I'll do all of them. And yeah. they're like, sure. And can you do... Right, some of your stand-up personas. How about you do that? And he was like, great, yes. But like silo two of the personas sure. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have them in scenes together mm-hmm. where it's just right. you as two different cultural types that you are not. And then he's also the narrator, which the narration comes in and out in really yeah. sporadic times in the movie. <laughs> the narration is Wild. completely unnecessary. So unnecessary. But then it's sort of implied that the narrator is, is Lovelace, which is yes. kind of like in Aladdin, how the merchant at the beginning right, yeah. right, yeah. is also Robin Williams and is maybe the genie in disguise. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um, so you've got the Amigos who are... Just a, a you know some penguins, a little daily penguins who are his like become his bros, and, and they like the dancing. The other voice actors, I believe, are are exclusively uh, people who should be playing characters. I believe with they accents. are, all yeah, they're like Carlos Alcarazzi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, hundred percent. But also Robin Williams. Yes, but also As Robin Williams. Ramon. Ramon. Apparently, he also plays someone called Cletus. I don't. I don't remember it's got a Cletus. Three characters. Well, this? if you include the narrator, four. Jeez. Um, and it's then, a weird thing where he's like first and eighth build in this movie. He's got like multiple separate billings yeah. in the opening credits. <laughs> and then they meet quickly. They meet um, Lovelace, a rock hopper penguin with a, a six pack ring around his neck. Right. Who's who his is, own uh, type of religious leader. Exactly, like, who's basically yes. like more of like an outsider cult leader type, right? Like kind revival of like a revival tent, tent guy. Right. Right. Uh-huh. right. And he's all about the pebble. You gotta bring a pebble to him. For one pebble you get any question. <laughs> because the thing what about is this fucking, and we're like halfway through. There's okay. still plenty more. 
Because the with these penguins, their breeding is that the the penguins with the the males with the biggest the stoniest nest. Mm-hmm. We love a stony nest. The females are attracted to they're like great. The nest I can the put most an egg right here. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. Right, I love my stony Th- nest, which is very logical. I will say that's like sure. That, it's just building a home, right? It's like I'm a good provider. I built you a great old rocky nest here. Right, right. and but he's like I'm a messiah, and right. I need my payment is pebbles right. for my so he's just like and he has so many ladies he's got a little entourage he's got he's got little groupies yeah cause, right because so i believe the, the Don Bluth, there uh the pebble and the penguin also about pebble hunting penguins right, okay. right? Yeah, 90s, i think there's a there's a disney animated. nature documentary too that came out within the past couple sure. of years that i think largely features this type of disney's penguin. penguins i believe yeah. it's yes, called indeed. right yeah, <laughs> i did like see that. it in the theaters and um, how was it it was quite. Um, I didn't like Ed Helms as a narrator. I'm going to be honest. I like him no as a him, as a comedic persona sure, sure. generally, but wasn't a fan of his narration. Really, that is where all of those Disney nature documentaries fail. Yeah, because Tim Allen did one about did chimpanzee, chimpanzee, and which like, I was so fucking amped for chimpanzee. Same. It looks so great from the trailer, and you watch the movie, and it's a bunch he of Tim Allen doing the grunt bits. It. Yeah, he ruined it. So weird. Wait, can we ja- backtrack for a second? So. Uh, Mumble has been like banished or he feels unwelcome so he he leaves his community but he still has like parents who love him sure I mean they're, <laughs> like, they're, they're I mean his dad not very understanding but it's sure, sure they want him to be around yeah. they don't, they're not banishing him explicitly but they go through the Lion King motion without there being the same kind of tragedy there's, there's no, no catalyst there's yes. no reason for him to exile himself he just kind of well he just kind of goes on like a sort of rumspringa he meets <laughs> right. some new people and then when he comes back, he's like, let's all right, plan A, I'll lip sync to Ramon syncing my way. But this is what's so crazy is I, I remember watching this in the theater for the first time and even watching <laughs> but it real last Spanish, night. Spanish, you know? <laughs> right. Watching it last night for the first time since I saw it in the theaters. Sure. I was like, right, so I, this is, I remember the end is super weird, but I guess this is the next hour of the film mm. is them slowly making their way back, facing multiple dangers. He bonds with his seven Mexican Timons and Pumbas. (laughs) And then he comes back and he teaches them all a lesson about acceptance and he saves the day, right? He teaches them a lesson by first trying to hide his his difference. Right. All of what I thought would take up the rest of the movie takes up 15 minutes. Oh, no, there's still, right. And then there's just still another like act and a half, right? Before the hour mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does his fake Cyrano routine. That doesn't work. Uh With Ramon singing for him. And then they're like, you fucking freak. Now we're casting you out. But then he tap dances. Right. Yeah. To Boogie Wonderland. Yeah. And, and she uh, loves him now. That she worked loves for him. her. She's so The resistant. elders are still like, right. nah, this is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, but we also, so, okay, we skipped another part where, <laughs> did we? I guess, so as he's still hanging out with his, his little, his, pals, his shorter his, friends, right, right, right. Um, he sees this large piece of, quote, alien, human right. machinery. And he's like, wait right, a yes, minute. The, like, there's a big bulldozer-y kind of yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, is this what's eating our fish or right. something? Which sort of like, kind of. <laughs> right. So that's like the inciting. This happens like over 40 minutes into the movie. Mm. That feels like an inciting incident of one of the three different storylines that right. is unfolding in this movie. Yeah. 
And then he goes back to, and he's like, but there's there's aliens out there. They're real. And I'm going to go out there and figure out what's up. With it's them. true. Which confirmed for me that there wasn't going to be real aliens. So you were still hoping, <laughs> oh, like, these squaws like, just got yes. nabbed by little green men. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole different movie so in my like mind. So just like a cartoon fake bird in a fake movie talking about aliens. You're just immediately like... Guys, I think aliens are yeah, real. Because who's going to show up any minute now? <laughs> no, it is funny to think that, right, it's like he's an outcast, he leaves, he comes back, and then he leaves again. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. that is a very strange story And the story first structure. time it's sort of like he leaves on a whim and he comes yeah. back with, like, half a plan of, like, like, I'll like, do the one song and then take it from there. Definitely go. And Gloria's like, I should come with you. And he's like, no, I'm going to, like, humiliate you to into, keep you away from me. Because, like, God forbid that there be a female character with any sort of, you know, narrative well, significance because Robin Williams has his way in at least a few times in every piece of dialogue. Caitlin, there's no room for the woman in the film to speak more. Robin Williams has five different characters that all need to speak in this one scene. Um, But this is when his dad disowns him. Yeah. Because Hugo This is when they're like, okay, you're not not good. Right. Now they're like, actually, now, please leave. Right, right. And then now for the first time an hour into the movie, he's like, I have things to prove. Right. Because at that point, you're like, What's is it solving the fish problem? No, is it at this proving point, that aliens are real? This is when is it Lovelace is like, happen? I got these the this weird the soda can. The, the, the soda can. Well, this thing. is when they go back. This is what to I'm Lovelace. saying. He's like, yeah. well, yeah. I actually got it from like way out there beyond the seals. Because he's been saying like, this is a necklace that was bestowed upon me because like I ta- rule. A talisman, right, right. like yeah. a religious artifact, it. right? And so Mumble, rather than being like, all right, fun fact, don't care, is like, I guess. My answers will also be available if I right. go on that same journey, <laughs> even though there's nothing about Lovelace's, you know, behavior oh. that suggests that Mumble should be like, this is the guy I want to, like, you know, mimic. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to unpack all this. I'm sorry. It doesn't. No, re- I know it's like for a kid. They're just like, yeah, sure. He goes somewhere else. It's fine. But do you, no, he does, he's I'm like. Sorry. This 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 alien, what he interprets to be like an alien artifact that is right. stuck around his neck, is now suddenly choking him. Before it was fine. I don't know what changed. Nothing's really right. changed. But yeah, he <laughs> ate too many pebbles. They all went to his neck. Yeah, no, fair enough. But I do think, in terms of like the the story beats, this movie is hitting. So many of them are so classical, right? Yeah. And like finding Lovelace choking is sort of like the Wizard of Oz, like man behind the curtain moment, where it's like. Right. Oh, this guy is just kind of like a weak, scared little man. And then rather than that being the reveal of like, well, maybe all these ideologies are false. They're like, you're part of the skeleton crew now. Right. Come with us. Help us find the answers we need. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't sort of remove Lovelace of any power. They're still kind of using him as a compass. Because they need Williams on board, I guess. Is, right. Well, it's just you, to, to do but jokes. But there's already another yeah. character that he's voicing. The thing made two hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Who am I to judge? No, I, no. It is bizarre, and eventually they go to the Forbidden Shore, and that's I mean, you when have they this find big the fishing sequence, boat. right? Yeah, right. Where With all the these act- orcas, yeah. yeah, which I don't like. It's too cute. Well, we were talking about it, you know. Off it mic. seems like. Are the they orcas helping? Are, are they trying to helping eat? Because yeah. the, there's all these sort of like synchronized. They're sort of batting. Yeah, them they're back doing and like forth. a Sea World kind of show. Right. It's weird. I also think it always gets weird in talking animal movies. When some animals can't talk? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. What's the logic there? And like the fish Why thing. can't Sharptooth talk in Land Before Time? Right. Because he's bad? Yeah. He can talk. 
The others talk. But we'll like get to it eventually. But the end of the movie, when they're just all fucking chowing down on fish, when they're throwing fish in the air <laughs> and eating the shit out of them, I'm like, so are, did they just not have any interiority, these fish? This is a great question. All I mean, right. there are some animals, obviously, right? That scientists yeah. are like, well, these animals kind of seem to have some sort of level of thought going on but and others are, you know, all instinct. I don't know. The only other thing I know about Happy Feet 2 is that Matt Damon and Brad Pitt play Krill. Yes! <laughs> so it feels like he's saying, yeah. no, even the little things are alive right, and they right, have their right, own right, little right. weird quirks. In Finding Nemo, all species speak, right? There's no nonverbal. Um, even the Krill, too, yeah. yeah right, they all talk. Right. Yeah. Well, and like yeah. the whale doesn't the whale speak in English, whale but language. Dory communicates with the whale. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Shouldn't the plants talk? Great. This is wow. A great, this is a great curveball <sighs> mm. throw. The movie should throw it in late because this movie's in understuff. <laughs> this is why he's our <laughs> finest film critic. And we're submitting that question for the Pulitzer this year. But I will say, uh, yeah, so this is where the movie uh, takes full on swing into nightmare right. when he's put in the zoo. Yes. Right? right, right, right. He he decides I'm going to swim towards the boat because I need to I need to come back with an answer. I right. need to figure out what's going on here. I need to solve this. Suddenly, there is so much narrative urgency to we need to solve the fish problem. Right, and you're well, like he was right, banished. The fish problem? Yes, but the banished the fish problem like, and also like the like let's figure out what the aliens are. Right, and his punishment essentially is, you know. Uh, zoo imprisonment which I think a lot of movies do this kind of thing where it's like oh the main characters are misinterpreting a thing as a different thing yeah I mean it's almost like the aliens in Interstellar but as we said they show you human technology so early on that you're like I'm way ahead of them I know these are fucking humans right um, but, we're not gonna see some almond think, eye aliens you know, around I know here. well Ben clearly did <laughs> You didn't think you were going to see live action human beings. That's the thing that is. And I also just didn't think he was going to go to the zoo. It just seems like like it's too far away in a weird sort of a way. You know what I mean? Because he swims towards the boat. Right. He gets caught in the net. Then they use some horrifying looking hook. Hook to peel him off. And then he keeps swimming after the boat for... Where do they end up? Australia? Right, like, they, where does he end? Like, cut to black. Great wakes up. All. And then there's narration that's like, he swam farther beyond anyone could have, that anyone could imagine. And then suddenly he's either in, like in LA or like on the coast of us, like some Who Australian knows? city. All, all <laughs> possibilities, all solid With ideas. With the dialects in Maybe this movie, South America? Who knows where they are, right? right? But just that scene where he's all like dazed and drugged and like out of his mind. Well, it feels like the Truman Show, like him right. like touching the walls right, right, and like right. recognizing and trying to the communicate painting. with the people, but also not knowing what they are. And then one of the penguins is like just like hypnotized. The thing about all of this oh, is what's this the penguin? It keeps on saying, Dave, Dave, the fish are great, Dave. Right. Dave, Dave. <laughs> yeah. This is a great idea for a movie. Yeah, I just don't know if it's a great idea for like five minutes at the end of a kid's You're movie. You're just that's like, I can't dancing. believe this is going here. And the first moment when, and especially considering this is like two years before Wally, mm -hmm. the first moment when an hour and a half into this movie, he swims towards the glass and you see the reflection of a human face. Right. And, and you're like, am I imagining things? CG. Right, you're right. like, is this like really realistic CG? And then they cut back to the ultra angle and you're like, no, they're just real people in this movie. Now. Yeah. Like, it's like, what if Billy Elliot 90 minutes in got like captured and imprisoned by CGI penguins <laughs> for 10 minutes and then he danced for them and they were like, oh, oh, you're one of those. Ah, get him out of here. This insane. Get some scientists. 
But then there's like there's a good amount of time that's just him losing his sanity. Yeah, yeah. it's only a few minutes, but for this movie, it just feels it is yeah. twice as long as the amount of time they spend showing the UN making. <laughs> Planet-changing decisions. That montage is all of 45 seconds, and it's sure. gavel, gavel, yeah, speech, right, yeah. news broadcast. What if there had been a Penguin UN in this movie? That would have been fun. You could have had all the species. You can't spell Penguin without UN. Good point. Wow. I mean, Happy Feet 3. I mean... <laughs> but that's what's so crazy, is you go into like sort of two montages that are narrated. One of him losing his mind, uh-huh. hallucinating his friends there, yeah, hitting the wall. Throwing fish against the wall to right. feed them. Seemingly becoming borderline suicidal, or at the very least, like, brain dead. Mm-hmm. Like, he says, like, he lost his mind. Yeah. Right. And then he just has this one little tap comes out. Well, because there's a the little girl, girl's tapping on the right. glass. She's making the beat. Which you're not supposed to do, but in this but movie, it's saves good. his life. Yeah. <laughs> they always say don't tap on the glass. Yeah. And this girl's practicing. Because they don't want the penguins That's to right. start tapping. They don't want to acknowledge they, their intellectual gonna... dancing capabilities. So he does the dancing and they're like, of course, we should have realized that this penguin belongs in the Antarctic because he dances. That this all of this happens within <laughs> less than ten minutes. From the moment this he swims the towards the boat to then him getting noticed, the girl leaving, bring back her mom, a bigger crowd. Then it's filmed. It goes viral. The uh-huh. entire world comments on it. They place a locator, a tracking device on him, bring him back home so they can figure out if it's his species or not. You're right. Because they're like, if Penguin are dancing, they must be trying to tell us something. <laughs> okay, here's the other crazy part about this. So they bring him back. He he shows up to his community he he like just arrives. He's like, all right, the the aliens, they're real. They are taking our fish, da, da, da. And they're like, what's that weird thing on your back? He's like, I don't know, but I think it's to help them find me. And then. And they're they, like proof, alien technology. Right. And then meanwhile, Noah's like, I don't know what's happening. But then the thing starts beeping and then some humans, some live action humans show, show up. up. But they had just dropped him off. Wouldn't they already be yeah. right there? They're at the Time opposite is cliff. a very sort of <laughs> fungible object in Happy Feet. Right. I don't really know. But he gets- their arrival is enough for people to be like, turns out aliens are real. Let's do a damn. Because he gets into this logical argument with Hugo Weaving where he's like, you know, like, we shouldn't work with the aliens. It's like, I thought you said aliens weren't real. And he's like, they're not. And that's why we shouldn't work with them. <laughs> Right, and then right, everyone right. starts to recognize he's a liar, and they're like, well, if this guy's lying, maybe we should fucking tap dance. <laughs> like, there's this. Yeah, and I guess, the, I guess the concept is it's all it's been within them all along. They're all good dancers. Well, because cut back to like a half hour or so earlier sure. when he comes back, he tries to sing the song that Ramon's actually like singing. He has this moment of right. confidence right. in the tap. And then, yes, right, and then right. the whole community like, Gloria, gets please. on board. They right. all, they're like, actually this tap thing is cool. Yeah, they rules. all start dancing. And then it's not until like Noah, the evil, like, you know, the religious zealot alien or penguin he, is like. He makes them feel shame. Right. And, then, and then his dad is like, are you are, but you're dumb and then 
that's when he leaves again. But there's a, a, a moment where, like, every the community is on board. Right. That's the other thing that has to happen within this 10-minute strike is he comes back and before he sells everyone on tap dancing, he's like, where's my dad? And they're like, you don't want to see what's happened oh, to your yeah. dad. And you're like, <laughs> is right. the dad, like, half dead? Has he been, like, attacked? And so I was he's like, just, is he drinking now? Right, like, what's going on? It's No, he's just sad in a cave. Yeah, he's just sitting in the cave. And he goes, son, bummer. I ain't ever done right by you one day your entire life. <laughs> And then he's just Jackman like, selling it. I love you. I'm glad you're back. Let's fucking tap dance. Yeah, baby. Jackman like putting some spit on the ball. You know, <laughs> he wants some real English on that, that final line reading. Um, another thing, but I it's just like to, immediately. Oh, right. But there's the dad also, has done all of the emotional work of coming terms to terms with his son in the time the son was gone. Right. The son arrives and he's like, "I'm glad you're here, and not a moment too soon. I fully accept you. You don't have to say anything." <laughs> The other moment you have to have is where Fat Joe shows up and it's sort of like, a, you know, when you return to your hometown, kind of right. like, a, like oh, my, my childhood crush. Right? Like, are those all and, yours? And it's like, are they together? And it's like, no. Just no, kidding. Yes, We're teachers mine. now. Our students. Yeah. I thought that that was all her kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're her students. I mean, you know. They are her children. So you thought exactly. that they She's were had, like, coupled and had a bunch of babies yeah. together. yeah. <laughs> And then also started a school to teach only their biological children. What then stuck out to me later is yeah. when they kiss, I'm like, oh my God, she's cheating. <laughs> On Fat Joe, no less. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the fattest of the Joes. <laughs> but then, right, this is where like. And he's actually, because Jealous Ones do still envy. Sure. That was his album. But when he's so in. It's, it's good to have him play someone that you might be envious of. What a great title. Jealous Ones still envy. When he's in the zoo, Jose, and he's trying to yell, Not a player, I just yeah. crush a lot uh-huh. at the zoo goers, right? Like, who, by the way, are all like half of them are stylized to look like they're from like the fifties or sixties, yes, and then everyone else is like modern. They're weird, like <sighs> babe, pig in the city humans, where they're like very heightened, yeah. Right. Like, they're very made up. The performances are very big. And Someone, like, gets on his cell phone. And he's like, have you heard about this? These right. dancing penguins? And right. it's like, it what reminds me, from? It reminds me of the hula hoop montage from Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> it's like, this hula hoop's out of control. These penguins are tap dancing. Extra, like the flashes extra. almost are, like, the kind of, like, where they would take the light bulb out and throw it. Right. Like, it's got that vibe. And yeah. it's, like, crazy Dutch angles, like, fading into each other. <laughs> Just feel. I think we shouldn't feed the penguins. That's I what, think we should. Like it is just one. It's sort of like, okay. So there was this one dancing penguin from a zoo. Okay. The scientist decided to return return him to his habitat. Okay. Well, but this is the I want to make the this penguins point. danced for the people. Sure. And it was filmed. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this prompted the UN to be like, fishing as a concept. We ban. just got to we just got to ban it. Ban it. No fishing allowed whatsoever. <laughs> just just to like just the leaps where you're like I can take this right, like, from I can a take to this b leap. from a to z like what how are you filling in leap. these gaps? Right. Have but you he, seen the UN? It's a mess. <laughs> it's he, a tangled bureaucratic nightmare. They solve that fully before yeah. they oh, yeah. even put him on the helicopter to go back and make good with his dad. <laughs> He's like by the way, no big deal. I've changed the entire fabric of the world. <laughs> To solve a problem, <laughs> to solve an issue that the penguins are having, which is like a fish scarcity that we barely even knew was right. a conflict in the film. Right. And the ecological <laughs> threat of it. But also there's the one moment in one of the meetings where the woman says like, well, I think we should just do nothing. <laughs> like she just cleanly states like, why should we change anything we're doing? It'll cost money. Um, no, the point I want to make, though, is when he's in the in the zoo box. Yeah. 
And he's like yelling at them like, fish, fish, fish. And then it cuts to the other side of the glass. And it's uh-huh. like, ah, ah, just the worst sound in the world. And you go, oh, I guess that's what this movie has all been building up to narratively is his superpower is because he figured out how to tap dance and not sing. Uh-huh. He's the only penguin who can communicate to the humans. Right. If he had been normal, right. he never would have made an impression. He just would have squawked. But you also then have to take the leap that they are so blown away by his tap dancing that they then go, there has to be some message being conveyed here. Right. And research everything going on in the penguin ecology. Now here's yes. Dance is a nonverbal way of communication. It's true. Sure. It's, true. it's a universal <laughs> language. Here's some other facts about this film. The end of the movie is they solve everything. Not, Everything's yeah. perfect. But Noah's Happy Feet bad. 2's coming, though. Yeah. Some things are going to get fucked up And you that, zoom right? out to the world and a feather flies Yeah, you out. zoom out way out. Way the out. The world's a marble. Yeah. And then we see a feather. Don't know what that's supposed it's to be. Directed mean. by George Aliens? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, going to pop it in that Men in Black bag. <laughs> Here are some other things. Yeah. They showed this movie to Prince to gain his approval yes, for this. using the song Kiss, a yes. great song. And he loved the movie so much that he wrote them a song, the Song of the Heart, I yes. believe it's called. Right. Prince, who notoriously uh, did not say yes to many things. Right. Openly uh, volunteered. Originally, I- it was like, Happy Feet, no. Yeah. I'm not letting you do my song. And then he saw the He thing? loved the he, he film so much. He wrote it within one week <laughs> of right. watching the He's movie. He's like, here's an extra song for you. And won a Golden not Globe. Not since Batman has a movie the spoke to me so fully. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Weird that it was snubbed at the Oscars. You know, the Oscars are weird about the pop songs sometimes. Do you remember that his Globe win, he was stuck? in traffic it was one of the early awards given sure, out and they accepted it and then he showed up like 40 minutes later and they let him give an it's acceptance speech 40 not? minutes wow. later it right. was great so you got that yeah. um, what are some other facts about this movie Savvy and Glover he was taught to um, walk like a penguin and given a penguin apparatus on his head Yeah, so taught he would- by who a penguin yeah, yeah probably like um, uh, Lovelace yeah Mumble <laughs> Lovelace is, a, is an EVP at, a, yeah. at Warner Brothers. Sibion right? Glover, you must walk like me. <laughs> um, Even doing an impression of it bad. makes me feel Don't uncomfortable. Do Don't do it. David, um, maybe you can fact check this, but IMDb said that this is the highest grossing movie that Nicole Kidman has ever been in. I think that's 100% correct. Well, now that Aquaman is swept in, I would oh. guess that that's not, no longer true, but it might be her second I highest I think up until that film. point. Right. She was in Batman Forever. That's another big hit for Gross her. Gross less than I, I, I believe. I mean, it obviously came out, uh, you know, 10 years prior. So. Right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Nicole Kidman's top five movies. Number one, Aquaman number with two, a bullet. Number two, Happy Feet. Number two, Happy Feet. Number three, Batman Forever. Number four, The Upside. Wow. What? This year, uh, last year, Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, remake of inspirational French drama, Lane Tucho. Brian Cranston's in a wheelchair. Jobless. Kevin Hart's to take care that of him. That was a high grossing movie. $108 million dollars domestic. Wow. Number 115 in January. <laughs> number dumped three years after number it was Number five, just go with it, the Adam Sandler movie. Wow. Number six, The Others. Those are her 600 million grocers in, in the U.S. That's crazy. But if you sort by worldwide, guess what jumps into the five? Two movies jump into Moulin the Moulin Rouge. No, not Moulin Rouge. Okay, something that's a disproportionately well overseas. Correct. Uh, Two movies jump, though. Recent One directed by older. a friend of the pod. One directed by a friend of the pod? It's a, it's, is it a movie we've covered on the show? No. He's been on the show. Multiple times. Direct, oh, Golden Compass? Correct. Okay. Which was a, a bigger hit internationally. Right. And the other um, is a great film. A great film. 
that we both love, and I'm sure Caitlin likes too. Maybe not. I don't want to speak for Caitlin. Oh, uh, Dogville. <laughs> Made $500 million <laughs> in, in China. China. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a great film that you and I love. And, yeah. and maybe me. And I, Let me think I, about it. I hope it. you like it. Is, okay. is she a main character? Or she's She's part villain. Of- Paddington! Uh, Paddington. Which uh, made 76 domestic, but 258 I mean, you worldwide. said you don't want to make an assumption. I did spy. Did you an- to it answer your, your background. question? Yeah, yeah, it is. David. There he is! Yeah. He's such I a... I am obsessed with Paddington. He, here's the thing I feel like people don't talk about. He's a very nice bear. And oh. he'll, but he'll give you a hard stare. <laughs> he will! He'll give you a hard stare if he has to. And um, if you're good and polite, everything will. The world. But then will be you got right. you yeah. got Moulin Rouge, Cold Mountain, kind of a big hit overseas. The Interpreter did okay overseas. You know, she's made a lot of movies. She's made. A she lot has, of and and only one of them outgrows Happy Feet. <laughs> um, I just think it's important to like point out this movie is so colossal that after this, not only are they like a hundred percent, you get to make your Mad Max. Unlimited budget, take your time, whatever it is, recast it, younger actor, you're good to go. But they also go, hey, George Miller, do Justice League. And this is right before the writer strike is about to happen, when studios are, like, trying to stockpile scripts as fast as they can. Batman Begins has come out. The Dark Knight has not. And Warner Brothers is like, we're going to set up a second Batman franchise. (laughs) We're going to do a different parallel Batman on screen at the same time, yes. they hire George Miller. He works on this movie for like a Justice year. Justice League, colon, mortal. They cast it. They're in active pre-production. The, the plug gets pulled at the absolute last because of, second. Because of the writer's strike, among other things, correct? Right. Well, I mean, they were trying to get it done before the writer's strike. And I think they thought the script was like 10% less good than it needed to be. But also, apparently, Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan complained. And we're like, you're just going to put some other fucking Batman and it's some some random 20-year-old named, let me look at this, Arm and Hammer. Oh, Army Hammer was Army cast? Army Hammer, at the age of like 20 or 21, was cast as Batman. You can Whoa. read the script if you want. I believe it's it's been, it was written by people, uh, Kieran and Michelle Mulroney. Adam Brody was The Flash. Yes. Common was Green Lantern. Hugh right. Barnes, a.k.a. Morton Joe, was oh. Martian Manhunter. That's right. And uh, Megan Gale, who plays Valkyrie in Fury Road, was going to be Wonder Woman. That's right. Like, he rolls over a lot of the things. Uh, but then a bunch of other, like, um, uh, uh, Tessa Palmer and Zoe Kazam were supposed to be in it. I think uh, Jay Baruchel was supposed to be Maxwell Another thing Lord. that happened is that in July, two, it was supposed to start filming in July 2008. Yeah. Guess what came out in July 2008? Uh, the Dark Knight. Right. And I think after that, it was like, you know what? This is fine. Well, and they right. didn't, they yeah. were like, please don't but do now, this. But then it was, they, they really had the clout after yeah. The Dark Knight comes out. Anyway, instead, Warner Brothers pivoted to a surefire hit, a Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film. Yeah. I'm not kidding. That <laughs> yeah, is what truly, they that was the move they did. They uh, went, let's slow down. Right. Yeah. And anyway, but let's play the box office game. So this movie, I remember this very specifically. This movie was number one for three weeks in a row. That's true. With the same movie at number two That's for true. all three weeks. And it's, every and week it, people went, that movie's going to beat Happy Feet, right? And it kept on suplexing <laughs> Casino Royale. Correct. Casino Royale wow. was the number two movie. They were released at the same time. They basically grossed the same amount of money. Yeah. Like, Happy Feet was just always a little higher. 
And uh, Casino Royale is one of those highest grossing, never number one movies. And Casino Royale was so beloved. The word of mouth was so good that they were like, this weekend it's going to jump up and Mm -hmm. it's going to take over Happy Feet. And Marvel was like, hold my fucking beer. I own you. (laughs) So those are the top two films. Happy Feet debuted to $41 million on November 17th. Huge. Sort of Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. And Casino Royale debuted to $40 million. And Happy Feet ends up at two and change? No, just under two, I think. 198. And Casino Royale was like 190? Let's find out, Griffin. 167. A pretty, so not as, not actually as, pretty big number. Uh, but number three uh-huh. at the box office was um, the big comedy, breakout comedy of the year. The big breakout comedy. I haven't of- checked in with this movie recently. I'm sure if I watched it now, there would be no issues, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the harsh light of day with this one. Sounds like. <laughs> There would be some issues. This movie movie. kind of ruined culture for like a 10-year window. Yeah, this movie, you could point the finger at it. Uh, Borat? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think... uh, It is just so wild to think that, like, I grew up in Britain. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Wait a second, what? (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Um, And, like, I had grown up with Ali G., with Sasha Baron Cohen's Ali G. You had been making learning for glorious benefit of Nation of Kazakhstan forever. Right, Borat had been this sort of side character that he yeah. was, and he had done an Ali G movie that had like hit in Britain, but obviously not overseas. Ali G was a very cult figure. But that had movie, his HBO show. That movie was a scripted Ali yeah, it's G. It's scripted. What if Ali snobs. G was the prime minister type? You know, right. like. And, and King was, Ralph, if you will, sort of situation. Yeah, 100%. was not a respected film. Even if it was no, a no, hit, it was people were people like, were this is garbage. <laughs> people weren't I believe Charles dances the Ali G in the um, house. And he was like, I'll do a spinoff. I'm going to do Borat. And everyone was like, oh, Borat, sure, okay. Because yeah, the, the HBO the, show runs for two seasons, and it's very beloved, but it was never like a massive cultural hit. Right, And then, but when Borat came out, all of the world was like, We've been waiting for this. It was this so is it. weird. This is what we wanted. I remember thinking, like, that's so weird. That we f- wanted a mockumentary world... about a fictional Kazakh. <laughs> I'm sorry, the whole world said, uh, very nice. Uh, or my wife. <laughs> or my wife. <laughs> Where is my wife right now? Because it's done like three ironic loops. Is it funny right now? I think it's is back it not... to being the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but remember when it was like, it was it was from Borat, and yes. then you're like, got sick of it. And then, then it was from. Say, and then just saying it became funny again. Then it was from the guy down the hall in my dorm. <laughs> <laughs> and then like that got overdone. But are right. we now just back to like my wife? Like we're so. like <laughs> I think so. I think it's number one funny. Do you have any Borat takes you want to weigh in on Borat? An Oscar nominated screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a densely written film. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, no, but on the Bechtel cast, we have a, a gimmick where uh, we do instead of my wife, uh, but this is based on a gravestone from the movie The Rock, Michael Bay's The Rock, where it says mm-hmm. his wife. So we always do his wife. His wife. His wife. <laughs> is that right. real? Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Can I just, can I throw out two Woof. things I find fascinating about Borat before we move on from Borat? One, Todd Phillips, the only man brave enough to tame retired bit himself. Yes was hired to direct the Borat movie, filmed the Borat movie for multiple weeks, and was like, this is too dangerous. I can't do this. Can't do it. Quit the film. Larry Charles takes over. He gets a producer credit. He gets an Oscar nomination. He gets an Oscar nomination. He's a story credit. Yes. Yes. But, But the man who was so twisted, he put us in the mind of someone who laughs at the things that make us cry. Sure. Couldn't handle fucking Borat. Weird. What if Borat came back right now? Perfect time. (laughs) 
Number two thing, I think Borat's another really fascinating box office thing where the it hype went up. Right, because like, it was yeah. low budget studio film based off a cult TV show. Mm-hmm. Then the hype went through the fucking roof and people were losing their minds. Then Fox got really scared that the expectations were getting too high because it was the same year as Snakes on a Plane where the <sighs> internet was blowing up about something and then no one went to see it. Right. So the weekend before it came out, they were like, never mind, we're not releasing it wide. It's they not going like out 800 theaters. Right. right. They and were it like still made 26 million. That's what's insane. They were like let's limit the theater right. count so we won't look like we're underperforming if we mm. don't. And instead every single screen sold out. Right. It was like one of the biggest per screen averages ever. <laughs> the next weekend they put it on 2000 screens and it was number 1 again. Crazy number 3 at the box office. Number 4 is the kind of movie about what if you signed a sort of mystical contract to, you know, take on a role in society? Uh, Mr. McGoyman's Wonder Emporium? No. God, no. but you gotta give me points for that guess. Sure. <laughs> uh, you sort of, but you sort of spiritually signed this contract through the act of murder. Is it the Santa Claus 3? Colon. It's called the Escape Clause? That's right. And who's the villain? <laughs> Jack Frost, played by Martin Short. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I don't know anything else about that movie, but I know that it's about a clause in his Santa Claus contract, which he, of course, There's an escape clause. unwittingly agreed to through murdering Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it a good movie? He's getting really tired. <laughs> He's it's, burnt out. Uh, there's time travel. I know that. Time oh. travel. Oh, so it's kind of like a It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so I maybe, but it does follow the trend of the third movie of a sequel having time travel elements because we do that with Ninja Turtles. Mm. We do that with others that I can't remember. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter, Potter. Uh, and yet others. But I, I'm sure your listeners. It will also tweet has at me. the Santa has to fight bad Santa thing, because it's like Jack Frost hates that he never rose to an elected position. He never got the chance to murder Santa himself. <laughs> so he exploits the fact that Tim Allen's like, I'm burned out. I could use a vacation. Shows him the escape clause loophole, and then because he knows they won't accept him being Santa. He builds an evil, bad robot Santa where they're like, this looks like Tim Allen, but he's an asshole. He keeps on complaining about the fact that he can't use the N-word. What's up with this guy? <laughs> and then I think the two Santas have to fight. Can you give me the the sort of three taglines from the Santa Claus 3, the escape clause poster? Number uh, one is just Billy. Naughty V. Nice. No, it's Santa Claus versus Jack Frost. Okay. Formal. Okay. Number two. I'm sure you can't, but it's pretty good. It's not. It's naughty versus nice. No, I could have sworn. Uh, what was the fight before Christmas? <laughs> I mean, oh. I mean, it looked like a boxing match poster. The right, Santa and Claus you've got three. right. You've got both of them. Sort of have a, a fist up. Yeah, you know, both of them are sort of like contemplating. But they're also treating it like it's like Pacino, De Niro, Heat. Like finally, we're gonna get to see weirdly made up Martin Short and Tim Allen punch each other. And then weirdly, they were like, "Let's tag one more tagline on right at the bottom." Frost bites November third. Wow. You really needed that. And then there's a teaser poster. His time at the North Pole is about to go south. Oh, <gasps> wow, clever! It's just so funny that this and that are in theaters in fucking November. They can't wait till Christmas. They're like, we got to get the Christmas movie out oh, it's, November. It's almost always the first week of November. So weird because their whole thing is if you release it right Maybe before it Christmas, can bounce back for Christmas, right? Well, no, and also December twenty sixth, no one will go see it. 
the day after Christmas, no one Everyone's wants to see like a Christmas, Christmas movie. Right. right. So you have to get your business leading mm-hmm. up to it. It peaks on Christmas Day and then you're out. All right. Number five of the box office is not a movie that I like at all, but it is genuinely the kind of movie that a studio would just never make anymore. And Mr. McGuire so on airport. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a comedy, like kind of a meta comedy. A Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. Which is written by... Uh, what's his pants? Zach Helm, the writer and director of... Mr. McCormick's Wonder Emporium. Thank you. Um, Stranger Than Fiction. Will Ferrell, he's hearing a narrator narrate his life. Yeah. It's just like, I, I, I don't like that movie that very much. I only saw it once. I don't hate it. But I remember like being kind of excited for it and then kind of like not quite loving the execution. But there was like a buying frenzy and yeah. every big actor joined the cast of that movie and they were like, this thing's a Emma sure Thompson. Who else is in that the one? The queen graced right. us with her presence. Ms. Latifah herself. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's just, you know, Sony made that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they were like, I don't know. I'm surprised this underperformed. This movie okay. about a man who's in a book. <laughs> It made $40 million. That's not bad. Maggie Gyllenhaal, right? Uh, complaining about taxes. I remember that scene. Right. Some other movies flushed away. Horrible movie. Horrible movie. Saw 3. Not good, but excited for Spiral. But had time travel in it because it's the third of a thing. Mm. Also, Men in Black 3. Uh, yes. You're right about uh, Saw 3 because that's where they have to be like, why the fuck did we kill the guy basically in movie <laughs> 2? Why did we give him cancer? This is terrible. Yeah. So let's uh, flash back, I guess. Right? Oh, I was yeah. making a joke, but yeah, I'm sure that does happen. That does, <laughs> Saw 3 yeah. is the one with all the flashbacks, yeah. right? Because he's uh, dead in Saw 3. I think that's probably the reason or it dying. happens is by the third movie, they go like, oh, fuck, we put ourselves in a bad position. It would be easier to make a third movie if we could go back and change this thing that happened in the first or second movie. And they're like, let's make the movie about them going back and making this film easier to write. Are you excited for Spiral from the Saw book? I'm, Saw? I'm very ready Did to you open see the, the trailer book. for the Chris Rock Saw movie. <laughs> no, get ready. All right, Chris um. Rock, Samuel Jackson, Max Minghella, the trio—they're taking on <laughs> Saw. Uh, very bizarre. Uh, I've talked about this before, but the press release when they announced that Chris yes, Rock was going to executive produce and star in a new Saw film, there's this quote from the head of Lionsgate that is, "When Chris Rock came in and pitched <laughs> us his terrifying new vision for the future of the Saw franchise." We were chilled to our core. <laughs> it's something like that. But I just picture the Lionsgate executive lying awake in bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Can't and get it out of my head. His wife just going, honey, what's wrong? Because Chris Rock came in this morning and, <laughs> God, I don't even know how to say this. He pitched us his terrifying new vision for the future of the software. Um, some other films you've got. Ba- Babel. The, oh. The Babel. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, in your YouTube movie. How's that aged? <laughs> Oh, is that the Brad, Brad Pitt's in that? He is. He is. Oh. He's in it. Kate Blanchett's in it. Uh, Rico Kikuchi. Yeah. It's a movie, of course, about the fact, uh, a tragedy, a can't drama. We can't talk to each other. We can't talk to each other. If only we could learn how to tap dance, we could cross <laughs> language barriers. You've got uh, The Departed. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Best Picture winner. You've got uh, Let's Go to Prison debuting this week. Not uh, a hit. Bad movie. <laughs> That's the Bob Odenkirk movie, Directed right? by Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Huh. A film that is mostly about uh, trying to uh, not uh, get sexually assaulted in prison. Right. But it's a comedy. Um. Anyway, Happy Feet. We did it. <laughs> and after that, there were no more Happy Feet movies, right? That was it? Just the flip of it being like, we hand you Justice League. That goes down. They're like, Please put all your energy into Happy Feet 2. And he clearly says, I'll do Happy Feet 2 if you finally let me make the Mad Max movie. And that Happy Feet 2 is like the thing that gives him the chance, the the (laughs) leverage to make 
Fury Road at the scale that he wants. It's insane. It is funny to think that, right, they were like, fine, you can do Mad Max. That's the hit. Right. Happy Feet 2. Give us some money in the bank. I mean, f- a five-year wait for a sequel Animation to Happy takes, Feet, which does not demand a sequel? Animation takes so long, especially if you don't have a studio up and running. Uh, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test, right? I doubt it. There are two I, female characters. Three, yeah. You're forgetting the very, very fancy teacher. <laughs> oh, well, there's there's two teachers. Right, right. There's sure. two oh. teachers, right. But yeah. they don't talk to each other. Uh, if anyone would interact, I guess it would be Gloria, Gloria and, and Norma, Norma Jean. Jean right. I think the teacher and Gloria have a brief conversation. Oh, that is true. But probably about her son, right? To yeah, contextualize right. that. Well, they, and then they talk, she, when she's like, I know what a heart song is, like when they're, when she's a baby. Yeah. Um, to contextualize that, it's all about I need a heart song so that I can find a male lover so it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Mm. Um, uh, do you guys want to see a picture of uh, Robin Williams with um, a life-size Lovelace? <laughs> oh, please. Thing, you know? This is one of my favorite subgenres of premiere photo. Whoa. That's so much it's bigger one of those than I thought. Classic Wikipedia, we have the rights to this image only, so like his eyes are half closed. <laughs> I also love here's what I love about these types of photos. Oh, ha, Lovelace. There is no Warner Brothers theme park. It's not like they built that costume so that they can ship it over to Orlando. <laughs> it's bigger than life size. You're right. It's also weird that he has a sweater. Penguins don't need sweaters. I think Happy Feet 2 has a bunch of sweater shit. There's a sweater thing. Because all I know is the logo for Happy Feet 2 is wearing a sweater. Yes. There's like a sweater on the two. I got that from the trailer as well. But you know what I'm saying? Like They built this giant walk-around Lovelace costume, and it's never going to be put at Universal Studios. It exists only so that Robin Williams can stand next to it at a red carpet. (laughs) And then just goes into storage? It's also just so funny that this is George Miller's Full look every time. I know. He what, what? How do you describe it? He looks like he's about to invent flubber, right? You know what I mean? He's got like the round glasses. He's got sort of like a suit with no tie. Yes. And he's got the long hair that's sort of swept back. But oftentimes he's wearing like a very loud, colorful shirt. Yeah, he, right. Right. The glasses on it's the something about the big round glasses, but though, also that, that they're always like on professor. the uh, on the the necklace. Thing. He's got the strings. Right, he's always got right. the strings hanging off. Yeah. It's just, I don't mind his look. <laughs> but you rules. know what I mean? I think it rules. What do you and think, it's also ben? like, I was watching all the like behind the scenes Mad Max documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first like 10 years of his career, he looks normal and pretty cool. Like on the Mad Max set, he's just like some dude wearing a leather jacket. And then he starts looking like. He looks like an out of work conductor who's really <laughs> let himself go. <laughs> what a weird guy. <laughs> he's a weird fella. I love him. I kind of love him. I love Happy Feet doesn't really do it for me, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I will say, Caitlin, like you seem like you're pretty mixed on old the old feetsies. Uh, oh, I'm uh, heavily anti Happy Feet. Heavily anti. Wow. Yes, I, from a screenwriting standpoint alone, it is it's kind of an abomination. Yeah, I kind of I was watching it, going like, "What the fuck is this?" And then the last fifteen minutes kind of won me over, just in the audacity. Of just how big they go so fast. Can I ask? There's nothing like it. No. Do you think that they wrote the dances like in the screenplay? Like, how do you write dance? This has come up on the show before. Oh, can you write a dance? I mean, it left probably foot, depends. Right foot, probably not circle, to that extent. Shimmy to the left, shimmy to the right. <laughs> 
Uh, probably not. You'd leave that up to like the choreographer to figure it out. But you'd be like, yeah, now the character does this type of dance. You put it down as like a character name, like Mumble's left foot. Yeah. And then the dialogue is tap, tap. Tap, 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 tap. And then the next line is Someone in our subreddit. You know, the Reddit has figured out that we're doing Miller because of my habit of logging everything I want. And I've complained about this. and you. I think it's good because it tips off the diehard fans to, you know, what they want to watch and rent and stuff. And I think our fans can go suck a lemon. Fair enough. This is the fourth film we've covered that Prince wrote an original song for along with Batman I'll do anything and showgirls hmm. there's a Prince song and showgirl that's the one I didn't know about so I'm wow Googling. wow the Mount Rushmore films are well, are there any I mean <laughs> yes. out, outside of Prince's own Rip, films Ripo God Zippa I don't know okay some weird song yeah. outside of Prince's movies are there any other movies that Prince wrote songs for? I don't fucking know. I have to look this up right now. Okay. Well, hopefully at this point, Prince has won our March Madness bracket, and we'll be doing a miniseries on the films of Prince. He's on the ballot. He's on the ballot. Um, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for talking feet. <laughs> um, people should listen to Bechdel Cast, although I can't imagine they, they aren't already, right. but they should Aww. if they're not. Appreciate it. Uh, one of the best. Um, and you and you have another podcast sludge about how uh, our fucking healthcare system is a nightmare. Yes, yes, I do. Check that out. And and that's uh, a fiction podcast. That's like sort of a hypothetical science. It's actually fiction. where um, uh, I, it's largely me dancing on the podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. What if there's a podcast where we just don't know how to talk, so we have to only dance into the microphone? Mm-hmm. That's like our version of Happy Feet is every penguin mates with another penguin by broadcasting their own podcast. <laughs> you find the podcast that matches yours. Right. And then one brave penguin doesn't know how to podcast, so he just holds a mic up to his feet and does some soft shoe. What a weird movie. Yeah. $200 million. Insane. 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 Yeah. A very bizarre film. I can't believe it exists. Next week, Happy Feet 2. <laughs> We're right back at it. Get excited. So tune in for that. Caitlin, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Uh, social media. Oh, sure. At Caitlin Durante on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to my website, CaitlinDurante.com. Hells yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Andrew Gudo for our social media. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Go to Blankies.Rate.com for some real nerdy shit. Tune in next week for Happy Feet 2. And as always... Fuck, I was trying to land the puffin joke. Oh, God. They I give up. They're, they're not good landers. They're not. Puffins can't land. So you know what I'm going to do after this? I'm going to do some puffin. Oh, there's the joke. I tried. I don't know. I tried to save you, and you're just going to abandon me? vape pen. No, I don't vape anymore. Oh, right. Uh, Smoke weed. Yeah. Sounds like another mumble brag to me. Oh, oh dude, dude.